small town music. This is big town music. He's ahead of his time, you know, but he can't use it. If only he could prove it. Well, tomorrow's just a song away, a song away, a song away. Hey, everybody, welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis. And I'm Kyle Dodson. And hey, Merry Christmas. Here we are. Merry Christmas. Christmas morning. We call it a maiden Christmas. And let me introduce you to some guys that are here with us. Uh, hopefully, you've already unwrapped your gifts. You're sick of your wife. You're sick of your kids. You're hunkered down in, uh, in the garage or the basement with the headphones on, and you just want to hear some, uh, some dudes talk about Maiden, because that's what we're going to do. First up, I'm going to talk to Mr. Tom Neuerberg. He's an American hero. He's been on the show before. Tom, how are you doing? Hello there. Merry Christmas. Tommy, uh, now you're here today. You're, you're obviously sick of the wife and sick of the kids, so you're ready to talk about Maiden. Well, if that doesn't say Christmas, I don't know what does. Absolutely. Good Eddie, job. Eddie on a Christmas morning. Uh, I love Eddie. There should be an Eddie on the shelf for the to scare those fucking kids. <laughs> oh. So great. Uh, next up, we got Kyle Hildreth. Uh, ah. Kyle does amazing artwork uh, for our Facebook page. You probably see it at least once a month. I tag him in it all the time. He's always willing to do it. And this is your first time on the show, right, Kyle? Kind of, yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, on an episode. When you, and, when you and Kyle did the Iron Maiden run through. We guys did all the albums. Yes. I sent in uh, comments for that. And that was kind of. All right. Know, cool. Right? Cool. Yes. Cool. And um, the first real podcast. Yeah. And Kyle's going to be on very soon because him and I, we're going to run through the deep purple catalog start to finish. And mm. that's a lot of albums. And it's. Uh, yes, it is. <laughs> there's a lot of good stuff. There is a lot of stuff. Yes, there is. Yes. All right. Now, next up, sometimes I like to do something like this. I like to just throw it out there on uh on a Facebook or on a Twitter and uh, see if I get any response. And, uh, and I said uh, something like, uh, Hey, does anyone love Iron Maiden? And do you like the new album or you want to talk about it? Or, you know, it really well, uh, send me an email. And the first guy to do it was Mr. Steven Kirsch. So Steven is joining us tonight as a guest co-host. How are you doing, Steven? I'm great. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You're very brave. You don't never met me before. You don't know what I'm going to be like, but well, if we're being honest, Stephen, this will probably be your last time here, <laughs> but you know, we're going to have fun with it. Uh, Stephen, this is fantastic. You got, uh, you got a gu guitars in the back of you hanging up. I assume you play a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Come on, man. You got four. I got to see, I can see five <laughs> guitars back there. Six. Seven, eight. You got an Eddie Van Halen guitar. You got a yeah. guitar with a union Jack. I hope you play a little bit more than just a little. Nah, just I, I don't get the time anymore. Kids, dogs, you know, alive. All right. You know. The weird thing is, Stephen doesn't even listen to this podcast. <laughs> no, he just randomly follows us on Twitter. He has no idea no, what's I, happening. I, I love this podcast. Well, thank you very he much. Just, he just searched guest on Iron Maiden podcast. <laughs> actually, actually, I got into it. I found you guys because you did the Thin Lizzy one. And that's how I ah. Oh, great. Great, great, great. Mm. That's, that's my number one band. <laughs> that's Tom's favorite band, one of I them. Know, I know. Uh, now, Stephen. Can I, I ask Stephen a question? Yeah, go ahead. So, Stephen, I'm looking at your guitars, and I know that people can't see this on the audio podcast, but Pat mentioned that Union Jack, but how about the one right next to it? That looks like an mm. Ace of Spades to me. It is. It's my Motorhead guitar with a picture of uh, Lemmy right next to it. Nice. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, I had a, very cool. 
What's the, what's the again? Be, this is great for audio. What's the collage guitar <laughs> above your that is shoulder? That is an old cheapy guitar that I had, oh. used, and it's just got stickers all over it, band stickers, and that's cool stuff like that. And if anyone Very doesn't nice. know who Lemmy is, I'm sure he's in your spank bank. So just uh, check it out. <laughs> uh, Stephen, I detect a New Jersey accent on you. Actually, it's Brooklyn. I'm from Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you said you're from Manchester? Yeah, I'm from Manchester. I've been in the States 25 years now. 25 wow. years and uh, still rocking that accent. That's good. Do the kids have an accent because of their dad? They are Florida kids. They were born in Florida. We were there for 21 years. My daughters are 18 and 21 now. Okay. Uh, but they can do a mean, they can do a fantastic uh, Manchester accent, which they like to, you know, pull out every now and again. Now, what brought you What brought you to the United States? And for the past two years, have you felt like you, maybe you should go back to Manchester? <laughs> um, well, I met my wife, who's from New York. All right. Oh, it was a, we were married within a year. We moved over here and we've been married 23 years now congratulations wow. <laughs> yeah she needs that not me um <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah no uh, it's been a crazy it's been a crazy time living here uh, i'm not you know i think we're all on the same page so all right all right and uh what do you do for a living if you don't mind me asking i'm a jeweler by trade i make wow interesting gold stuff like that yeah so if your wife gets diamonds for christmas it's not a big deal she doesn't like jewelry <laughs> okay. Don't right. worry, she makes up in other other areas. All right, <laughs> spend All right. The money, you know. All right, let's uh, going to go to Tom Newerberg again. Tom, uh, the last time I saw Iron Maiden in concert, I was next to a guy that was just an asshole. Uh, I think his name was Tom Newerberg. <laughs> that, that would be me. But what no. a night that was! What a show that was! That was great. I flew up to <laughs> Oakland. And, uh, and Tom and I went to the show. It was fun. We hung out all day. And uh, by the time that show was over, I was exhausted. And, and weren't we uh, fortunate that they were to, that the tour was a le the legacy of the beast oh. and not, and not <laughs> Senjutsu? <laughs> we haven't even talked about the album yet. Hold your comments, you guys. Hold it now. <sighs> um, Kyle Hildreth, have you seen yes. Iron Maiden in concert? I have not, no. What the what are you doing here? It's not not like they don't tour or anything, right? Right. They're all over the place all the time. No, I don't see that many costards. And, all right. Uh, I haven't seen, I've seen other people, but just not them. Who's your, uh, who's your number one band? ACDC. And have you seen them? I've seen them twice. Yeah. All right. There you go. Yeah. Thank God. If you said I haven't seen them, I would <laughs> Not at all. I don't follow them that much. Nope. my favorite, though. And Stephen, yeah. who's your favorite band? Thin Lizzy. All right. Did he already wow. say that? Yeah, he, he said, said that. It. All right. And he said that's Tom's favorite band. And then yeah. we had the whole thing. I saw them, saw them twice. Three with uh, with Phil? Three times with Phil, yeah. Wow. 80, 81, 83. And then right before he died, I saw Gary Moore and he came on as an encore and did uh, Military Man out in the fields. And oh, nice. Hey, Steven, so when you saw them in 80, was that the Chinatown tour? Yes, it was. I was 10 years old. Where did wow. you see them? Uh, in Manchester, Manchester oh, Apollo. Okay. Because that's, I saw them on that too. And what is today? Today's the 22nd? Yeah. Yes. yes. Okay. So just three 25th. days ago, December 19th, was my 41st anniversary of that show. Jesus. And that was my first concert too. It was my first concert ever. December 19th, 1980, Warfield Theater in San Francisco. I still have my ticket stub. And every year I post that on 
social media, the anniversary. And that was my first concert. And to this day, it's one of the best concerts I've. And I'm so I feel so lucky that I got to see Phil Lynott before not only before he died, but while he was still in his prime. You yeah. Know? Yeah. No, sure. I, I I know this is a maiden show, but I'm just saying. But uh, you know, I, I saw them. I actually knew Phil's mom. Um, so I had a relationship relationship, you know, I was friendly. <laughs> <laughs> when I when I when I moved to the States. We were friends. Okay. <laughs> when I moved to the States, um, I actually gave her all my albums. I also had a, a, a hand-painted uh, Lizzie jacket. Wow. It, and it's actually in the – it was at a house for a long time, and I would see people um, go to a house, you know, on Thin Lizzie websites, wearing my jacket, you know. And it's, wow. actually, in the, it's actually in the museum in Dublin now. Oh, that's great. Oh, wait. The, 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 the museum right there in the Temple Bar area? Yeah. Oh, well, I probably saw it because I went to that. Yeah, it's it's big picture of Phil on the back and it's got the it's got like the, the black rose on the sleeve. It's got the renegade flag. It's it's a black biker jacket. OK, wow. I'm going to have to go. I'm going to have to look through my old pictures and I, I probably have a picture of that because I've seen it a million times. Yeah, yeah. Well, I went to Ireland about two and a half years ago and we went to that museum and I also went to his grave site. And um I also started dating Philomena then. And she didn't say anything <laughs> about you. No, you away from me. I got you. Okay. Did uh, Stephen, does the jacket say on loan from Stephen Kirsch? Uh, I don't know, really. Uh, I remember I wrote her uh, a, a letter uh, when I, it's a long story, not to get into wow. it. But, uh, the letter, I think, is, cool. is actually in the museum as well. I'm going to write a letter and say that I'm you and say that I want that back and then give them my address. I've actually got an article. It was, it was all in the paper and everything. Uh, when I met her the first time, how I became friends with her. I'll, I'll, I'll tweet it to you or something. Yeah, please do. Uh, Tom Neuerberg, you post your ticket every year. Every year I post that picture. And then you wonder why I don't like your stuff. <laughs> Posting the same shit every year. Tom, who was on the show with Thin Lizzy that night? Well, the opening band was, they were called Code Blue. All right, very big. And no, no, but uh, but the band that opened before them was a band called Four One Five. Now the the significance of that is Four One Five is the uh, area code in San Francisco. Okay. And the lead singer and the main guy in that band is Eric Martin. Yeah. From you know? Mr. Big. Yeah. yeah. So this was obviously prior to Mr. Big and all that. But the funny thing is, as Four One Five back in those days, they opened <laughs> up for everybody. In the Bay Area. Wow. I mean, everybody. You look you look at old ads, if people can dig up old ads, it, it's it's always so and so with 415. I don't I don't even know if they had albums or anything, but they were a well-known opening band. And I still remember them because I remember Eric Martin on stage and he kind of walked backwards and fell over the uh <laughs> the, the stage or the monitor. Nice. I still remember that. But uh Code Blue, I don't know who the hell they were, nothing ever became of them. Well, uh, young Kyle Dodson went, uh, I took him to see Mr. Big and he uh, hated it. <laughs> well, I, couldn't I, have I, been, I'm with him on that. I'm not a fan of Mr. Could Big not have either. been more bored with that. Right, Kyle? Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't, uh, wasn't <laughs> great. <laughs> All right. So guys, this is going to be great. Everyone's here. Uh, two Kyles, a Tom, a Pat, a Steven from Manchester who, uh, who might possibly be Phil Linnett's uh, stepdad. And it's just uh, exciting. This show is amazing. Yeah, Stephen, how many guitars do you have? Uh, six on the wall. Six There's on the wall in the corner over there. 
All right. Got a couple in storage that my wife doesn't know about. <laughs> oh no! Well, hopefully yes. she'll li- hopefully she'll listen, and then you'll be uh, sleeping in the car December twenty sixth. Okay, so here's the deal: I love Iron Maiden, but I've only been an Iron Maiden fan really for about I don't know six years. Like I knew all the hits and the videos from when I was in high school, but uh, I got into them very late in life. In my fifties, I become an Iron Maiden fan. And so I was very excited when a new album was coming out, Sinjutsu. I mean, because it had been like, I think, five and a half years between albums. And, yeah. uh, and I got really excited. So the first thing I want to talk about is the cover art. Uh, Kyle Dodson, what do you think of the cover art? Oh, I like it a lot. I like how the, uh, I like how the <laughs> Sinjutsu is written like vertically. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. Um, Eddie always great. Eddie is a samurai, even better. And then uh, that alternate cover is cool. The like, I think the one is like lenticular, and it has like the the faceplate like breaking off, and you can see Eddie's yeah. full yeah. face with the kabuki makeup, like blood running down his mouth. I'm like this, right I'm now. holding it yeah, up. It's cool. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There it is. Is that the? Is that done by Derek Riggs? No. No, he doesn't do the covers anymore. <laughs> Here's the deal with the cover. The cover Uh-oh. was done by um, Mark Wilkinson. Good artist. Very good artist. He did Ram It Down, um, Painkiller, a ton of Judas Priest album covers. And it did, does them well. But this one, you know what? It's not really the... He also worked with another guy, too. That was the other thing. He worked with a 3D artist on this. Let me check the notes just to make sure. Um, he worked with Michael Nolan in collaboration as a 3d artist and it looks it has that look to it the um cover art does yeah can see it. um i i will i don't like, like the plain black background because yeah, like book of souls had that and it yeah. worked Ugh. but yeah this needs like a, this needs like a dark. red circle behind him it's too dark yeah. you know what i mean yes yes or just like it's... or like flames or like a big like temple or something or you know like something or like just like the hills of like Japan or something like, even if it's very like super stylized, anything like that would have been cooler, but maybe a big Eddie penis. I don't think we've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> that would be, cool. it looks like his head. Yeah. Oh, neat. <laughs> um, what, uh, and then the, uh, the album packaging, there's no band photos. There's usually a ton of band photos. I believe that's because of COVID. That would it, make sense. Cause this would probably- not have, Tons of photos of the six of them together. <laughs> that, that nope, they didn't. They don't. They didn't have one, Kyle. They could not find one. They didn't exactly. take one photo this past tour. <laughs> yeah, they should have <laughs> just put a picture of uh, of uh, Stevens' uh, thin Lizzy leather jacket in this. <laughs> it would have been better. The whole thing, and you're gonna hear a lot of bad about this from me, and I don't mean that in a negative way because I. Excited that they have this out. This is an um, open book. You can everyone can be honest oh, tonight. It's fine. There's lots of chapters. Then the whole thing looks like one of those CD compilations that you get from Walmart. Mm-hmm. That it's like, <laughs> oh, Iron Maiden. You're like a new album. What the hell? But then you look at it, and it's got the weird logo. Like this one's got that weird. I don't know. It's not the nice clean one from. Yeah, I don't like Iron how Maiden. it's me- like 3D yeah, and metallic. It needs yeah. like one or the other. And it's like. Oh, there's like three discs of covers from other guys from other bands. That's what it looks like. It's got that whole packaging look to it. I think this whole album 
looks like it's a um, a demo version. It's like they didn't get to the full, you know, the full final product. They got halfway there. They missed some of the background on the cover. They didn't put the band photo in. Some of it looks great. The inside, the, the booklet looks great. You know, all the um, lyrics and all that and all the other illustrations. But and even Let me ask you. And, yeah. Let me ask you this. Is there a fire behind you? Because all night long, we're going to hear some hot takes. <laughs> oh, that's just going to be pouring out hot bologna. That's all. Stephen Kirsch, what do you think uh, of this album cover? Um, well, I don't love it, actually. I'm not. No. It's a whole, I don't it sound weird. But I'm not into the whole Japanese culture thing. So I don't like, I'm not really into the art with that. It, it's okay. And he looks, I don't know. I've got it in front of me. He, he looks too mean, if that, if that makes any sense. <laughs> no, no, I get it. I get it. And it's, um, it's very different from the covers when we were kids with the yellow or yellow Eddie and the, and the yes. bright colors. I, I judge album covers by, um, I'm big on t-shirts. My wife and I don't argue much, mm. but the one mm. argument we always have is, do you need another t-shirt? And I always say, yeah. <laughs> and, um, I have probably more maiden shirts than anything. And I know I'm going to see them in October and I know I'll get a shirt, but it won't be one with, with the Japanese, you know, thing. On right. The it won't be a Senjutsu shirt. No. Uh, Kyle, uh, young Kyle and I are also going to see them out here in Los Angeles in October. And, nice. uh, uh, Tom, we didn't ask you, I don't know why. You didn't ask me to come with you to the concert? Yeah, the the one in October. Well, shit. Would I show up and <laughs> blow me off like you did at the Rolling Stones concert? Oh, boy. I did not oh, mean I, to blow. I, I, just, I, I just realized I have a chance to finally confront you about that. <laughs> the hell is Jitsu? Let's talk about that. <laughs> that was not an intentional <laughs> blow off. Pat, this is an intervention. The, Sorry about I know. That. The SoFi <laughs> Stadium is so, was gigantic. Yeah, it was gigantic, and I sat by and I stood by your seats waiting for you to come. We were late. We were having trouble to get uh, getting give in. Give me that shit. You were talking with people. Now listen, where's, where's Tom's talk. mute button? Where are you? Where are they playing? Also on the floor. I know. Where? Uh, <laughs> where is? Uh, where are they playing, Kyle? I forget what the venue is out. Uh, it's the. It's in Anaheim. Is it the arena there? Maybe. Like indoor or outdoor. I think it's indoor. Okay. Because they're playing here in the Bay Area and they're playing at what, what you would call a uh, a shed, you know, the outdoor. Yeah. And it's I just don't I just don't want to go there. You no, know, I, I, feel, want... I feel the same way about that like you did when you came up here because you didn't want to see him, you know, down there wherever yeah, they hold They were playing, playing oh, in Los Angeles outdoors. I didn't want yeah. that. Yeah, it's the it's the Honda Center. Yeah, so yeah. The, that's I think where I saw the ducks play and the Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's right. That's a good place, Angels. yeah stadium oh that might be a good place because that's probably i mean i've only seen it from the outside but it doesn't look like it's a huge huge no it's arena. not you should get a no, ticket tom and then we'll talk about it a week afterward okay yeah maybe i will because <laughs> i'm definitely not going to see him here based on the venue that they're playing up here right uh okay let's get and how how long have you guys been maiden fans steven a while uh i saw them the first time but well, i got into them when i remember Peace of Mind was the first album that came out when I was, wow. I didn't see them on that tour. I was just getting into them around then. So around 82, I remember Number of the Beast coming out. So, I mean, buying that, but it was already out. So around 82, 83. And how many, uh, how many times have you seen Iron Maiden in concert? Next October will be my 10th time. But, nice. Jesus. But that, there's a big gap because when I lived in Florida for 20 years, they 
rarely played there. They only played there huh. right at the uh, when Bruce got back with them. Yeah. And they did, um, actually saw them on the final frontier time. It was the first time mm. I've seen them since I've been in America. And the last time I saw them in England, I think, was No Prayer for the Dying. So there was a bit of a wow. gap. That is a gap. They did play with Blaze, but I think I you know, kind of gave up with them. You won that one. <laughs> and uh, Tom Neuerberg, I don't know if anyone else feels this way, but Tom Neuerberg's favorite era is with Paul Diano. Yes. that's You can argue that. Well, see, I, 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 I became a fan. <laughs> well, maybe you can. <laughs> I became a fan when Killers came out. So that's how I discovered them, you know? So maybe that's why I just have a soft spot for those. I mean, to me, my favorite Iron Maiden albums are the first two. Those, those are yeah. my favorite. I love those albums. And then what's your third favorite, Sinjutsu? Yeah. Um, no, probably Number of the, you know, either Number of the Beast or Peace of Mind. Uh, I saw them on the Power Slave tour. Oh, cool. But... Um, my favorite, and the funny thing is, I remember the day I bought Killers. I bought it on a cassette tape. I bought it the same day that I bought Killers. I also bought um, Def Leppard High and Dry. Nice. And I, so I bought those two cassette tapes the same day, and and I wore those out, man. Put, put I'd play one and then play the back and forth, back and forth. Then I went back and bought the first Iron Maiden album, which I also love. But that one suffers from it's just the production isn't isn't good. The yeah, songs are great. There, the production isn't there. I'd, I'd love to hear that album with good production. Yeah. And then when they got Bruce Dickinson, I mean, I still loved Iron Maiden, but they, I mean, let's face it, they're a different band with him. He's a different type of singer. Steve mm-hmm. Harris started writing different, a whole different type of song for him. Yeah, yeah. true. I agree. I agree. And Tom, you bought those two cassettes, and then did you buy some clear sill also? Uh, oh, that. The guy blows me off at the concert, and now he's saying and making fun. Of, uh, Sticks another one in you. Saying I'm a pimple yep. face. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a pimple face. No, you're just a, you're a teenager. Uh, one more question for Tom Neuerberg, Stephen. In case you don't know, Tom Neuerberg, he's an American hero. He's a retired fireman. Tom, I'm. I always wanted to ask you, how many times did you have to administer uh, like mouth to mouth resuscitation? Well, we didn't really do mouth. We didn't do mouth to mouth. You just let them die. You just let them code. <laughs> we, we use a a, a, a a BVM bag valve mask. Okay. okay. And you guys have seen it, you know, with the, where you squeeze it and yeah. it has the mask attached to it. Mm-hmm. You do it like this, right? We never did. A, no, I did that on my day off. Okay. And, and maybe even about two hours from now, depending on how long this, this uh, podcast goes. Wow. But, um, Merry Christmas. Ma- mouth to mouth, mouth to mouth. You don't, you know, the only time I would do mouth to mouth is if I was out in public somewhere and someone dropped to the ground and I even, I carry a thing in my car called a, a pocket mask that I would hopefully be able to grab and use. So I wouldn't, okay. but if, if you're asking me how many times I did like CPR on someone. Sure. Oh shit. I don't dude. 200 times. I don't know. Wow. wow. Okay. Um, now when you're out in public and someone passes out and they need uh they need mouth to mouth, do you do you jump right in there or do you just hang back and see if anyone else goes in there first? Well, when I've been out in public on my days off or when uh-huh. I'm retired and someone has dropped, I am proud to say that I always jump right in and help. I've never had to do mouth to mouth. Okay. But um, no, I jump right in because it, I mean, what if, 
I mean, I'd feel terrible if they died or something. It's I'm second nature. You, that's just your internal instinct now from all these years. Well, you don't I, yell, it's my day off. <laughs> <laughs> How dare I'm you? Saying, I'm not supposed to be here today. <laughs> now, Stephen. Now, so oh, oh, no. Um, I was just going to say the last time that happened to me was about six months ago. I was driving. Wow. I was on my way to go golfing with three of my other ex-fire department buddies. And I was driving and I was just about to get on the freeway and there was a guy lying on the side of the road that obviously had just crashed Wow! Uh, on his motorcycle and he was laying there and I jumped out and went and helped. And then right then fire and ambulance showed up and I'm, I'm pretty sure that guy was dead. But I mean, I tried to do what I mean, there's not much you can do when you don't have any equipment. You know? So wait, he was alive when you got on the scene and by the time you were done, he was dead. Well, I choked him out because I had to get going. My tea time was coming. <laughs> okay. Uh, what, and a question for you, Stephen. Stephen, you're out in public. A guy, a guy with a guitar passes out and falls down. How quickly do you run in there and steal that guitar? Uh, well, that, that's one of the that's all quickly. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, I thought you were going to say someone's diamond falls out of their ring. <laughs> I got to be honest, Murray's out of a job because I'm having so much fun tonight. Let me, let me tell you, I, with my accent, I get away with murder anyway. So I could pretty much, the amount of people that say, talk to me because, and they'll say, oh, I trust you because you've got a British accent. <laughs> I'm not kidding. It's I bet, I'm sure it's true. I'm sure That's it's fun. true. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right. Let's, let's talk about Sinjutsu. Uh, it came out 2021. It's got mm. 10 songs. It clocks in at a whopping 81 minutes and this 53 seconds. They spread this thing out over two CDs. I think if you buy the vinyl... I think it's like three albums. I think you get like one song aside. What a hassle. Yeah. Um, their first album in over five years. And it's once again produced by Kevin Shirley, who has been their producer since um, um, what, what's the uh, what's the Martin Birch since Martin Birch left pretty much. Um, and I, I think they need a new producer. Mm, you know what they need? Oh, so right, Steven, what do you say, Steven? Oh, look, I'm a maiden nut swinger. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, we're, I think we're going to butt heads here a little while. That's okay. it's, all, it's, it's all in fun, Stephen. It's all good. I know. I, of course, I know. So you like Steve, you like Kevin Shirley's production. I, I just, I love the second round of second era of Bruce. I okay. love it. But I, you know, going back um, to what Tom was saying, like the Diano era, there's different kinds of Maiden fans. You've got the Maiden fans who just like Diano and then that's it. You've got people who like Maiden up to like the first four with Bruce, you know, maybe Seventh Son. And then you, and then a lot of them just hate the new era. It's too proggy. It's too long. It's boring. It's repetitive. Like Kyle nodding over there. But, uh, well, but I, really. I, I don't know why. I, as we get into the songs, I'll explain it a bit more. But 
I love this version of Maiden. I, and I'm not into prog rock at all, but there's something mm-hmm. about this version of Maiden that just gets me. It's hard work. It's hard work. I, I, I don't like Liking it. this? Yeah. All yeah. Maiden. The, two, well, the, Pat, the, the second yeah. year, but I have to really give it. Yeah. I it's, um, Maya, I just, um, with this, with this Sinjutsu album, the, I kind of like when Bruce's voice is kind of out in front a little bit more. Um, I just find it to be a little bit, a little bit muddy at times, a little bit like, I feel like everything's happening all at once, like through the same channel. I don't know how to explain it because I'm not a musician. Yeah, his voice but is fighting um, for the, to hear it throughout. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff. Like, like it's, um, like there's no, um, there's no separation between yeah. the bass and the guitar. I mean, I'm not hearing it, but I might be deaf, but, um, but that's, that's what I mean when I feel like, <sighs> I would like to see what they could they would do with trying another producer next time. They can continue they, to do yeah. the style of music they're doing, the the proggy and the heavy and all that stuff. I would just like to hear it maybe produced a little differently. Tom, did you have something to say? Well, I, I was well, I was gonna ask you when you said you think they need a new producer, if you were talking about the sound quality, or if you were talking about they need a new producer that might edit them a little bit. Well, I, I always think that if you work with the same producer for too long, uh, he might just become a yes man and just let you do exactly what you want to do and might not push you to do something different or try something new or. Yeah. So, I mean, th- that could be a reason, too. But um, I think at this point, it's more Harry taking care of the producing Harris. Steve Harris. So? Yeah. I mean, it's his band. It's always been his band. He's the one that runs the show. and. I think I agree. I agree with you. I don't think yeah. a, I don't think a producer is going to come in there and tell him what to do. No, and if you do, you're not going to be there long. Yeah. yeah, he's writing the songs. He's writing the lyrics. Now, maybe Martin Birch could do that because he came in when they were young. Yeah, but I don't think a guy's going to come in there now and, and call like, the shots. And take take control of Steve Harris or even Bruce think Dickinson. You know, there's yeah. one guy that might maybe could and. He's got to take care of some other bands first. Um, and number one being Aerosmith. That's Andy Sneap. Andy Sneap from Priest. He went in with Priest and then Tom Allum on this last album. And he fixed it. He fixed, not fixed it, but, you know, he made a great album with Firepower. Yeah. And that's what he did with Accept. Accept came back in 2012 with, I think 2012 or 2010, with um, Blood of the Nations. And then a new singer. And new songs that sounded good, like the old Accept Like You Liked. And they kept on going for the next two albums pretty hard with that stuff. And it's they make them, he went through with the guys in the band, made them listen to the old catalog, say, this is what, when people think of Accept, this is what you hear, this is what you like. You have this, the, you know, the choruses, the um, symphonic uh, solos, mm-hmm. and this and that. They went back, they made songs that sounded good, but they're new. They weren't like, just copies of the old stuff. They're new songs, but they sounded like the old band. And I mean, that's not going to fix Harry, but he's in a rut right now where you're getting the same kind of stuff. And some of it's good, not to knock any of the uh, last 20 years, because there's a lot of good stuff there, Yeah, but you're getting a lot of the same kind of stuff lately. Just, All right. Hot just takes. Let, hot just takes. let Steve Harris make a prog album on his own. He's got his own goddamn side project. He's yeah, got British just, Lion. Just, How are you? 
Terrible. How are you not it's, doing? It's Steve, Steven, the side project is bad. Awful. <laughs> the put your crap in there. Yeah, put your crap in there. Yeah, I've never heard that. I don't. Is, is that prog rock or what? Is, no, no, it's just it's a terrible singer. The voice is awful. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what he's trying to do. Quite honestly, I I thought I would love it, but it, it's yeah. Nice. He's got one of the best singers in the world. He's got three of the best guitarists. He's got one of the best drummers. He's one of the best bass players in the world. <laughs> How are you screwing this up? I, I oh, will look, say look, I, I'm look. looking at British Lions stuff, and they use the cut-off Iron Maiden font for British Lion. Yes, yes. I mean, come <laughs> on. I understand you're creative. I understand you have a whole new thing. Push a little harder, a little bit. All right. Well, let's let the listeners decide. We're going to jump in to the first song, title track. Sinjutsu, apparently uh, loosely translated, it means tactics and and strategy is what I have uh, discovered. Now, this song is eight minutes and 20 seconds long. Uh, A lot of these songs are very long. Let's use the word epic. So finding the perfect point to drop in on these is not always easy, but I'll do my best when I play the sound clip. Just play all 12 minutes. (laughs) <laughs> Let's play the whole 81 minutes and then we'll chat about it afterwards. For this uh, one's easy. This, this one's one so is written. This one's it written by the beginning. This is written. I don't think I did start right at the beginning. Oh, no, that's the best part. Ah, come on, Kyle. It's the best uh, part of the whole album. When you get that boom, boom. Let me see where I, let me see where I chose. Right. Well, let me see All where right. I'm jumping in. Four minutes in. <laughs> I, I'm trying, I'm trying to see. Uh, I chose to jump in 44 seconds in. Okay. All right. Uh, this song is written by Adrian Smith and Steve Harris. And let's hear a little bit of Sinjutsu, if I'm saying that correctly. Our friend Steven start first. Steven, what do you think of the title track, Sinjutsu? Uh, well, obviously, well, besides the single, this was obviously the first song on the album that I heard. Um, I didn't like it when I first heard it. I, as far as an opening track, you know, Maiden are used to, you know, used to Aces High or, uh, you know, Where Eagles Dare, where they just, you know, I, I envisage that's what they're going to come on, you know, on stage. That's going to, I don't see this as the opening concert. Right. You know, so, so it kind of threw me, but you know, I grew to love it. Uh, the drums, I think Nico McBrain steals this album. Uh, yes, absolutely yes. amazing in this. And I was also, um, it's a weird song because there's no real, there's like four choruses in it. There's not like uh, just one chorus you can kind of keep singing along. Right. It's got that drum beat. That's really like what builds the song, keeps it going. And uh, now I, I, I love it. I mean, now, I've listened to this. I don't know how many times you guys have listened to this album. You know, you might have listened to it a few times for the show, or whatever. When this came out, 
I listen to music all day. And this is literally, I don't know if you saw um, on my Apple thing, they, they've been doing like your most listens at the end of the year. You've uh-huh. been, Maiden is by far way, way ahead of everything else. Like triple the amount. It's because I've literally had this on just repeat, repeat, repeat. And um, that's what I'm saying when I first heard it. You know, I liked it, but I, when I listened to Maiden, I had this so much going on, especially in like the longer epic stuff, that I, I can't I can't take it all in at first. Uh, and I, I love Steve Harris's bass, so I like listen to that. Like I could listen to it sometimes. A lot of people like are humming along to the guitar or whatever. I go along with the bass. I'm usually humming along with the bass because it. I lo- he's my favorite bass bassist. Sorry, Phil Lynott, but he is. <laughs> and um, it, it just drives the song. The song, I think it's a great song, but you have to work at Maiden. It's not, they're not doing Run to the Hills anymore. Where it's no. a chorus, you know what I mean? Th- this, you have to work at it. And I think they're trying different things. I mean, people think they're boring these days. It's long, whatever. But I don't know. This is going to be great. Like Not as an opening of a show, but it, I think it's going to be absolutely fantastic live. That, that, those drums are just, wow, that just pushes the whole the whole song and i can get past the it's not really a sing-along song you know no I mean? it's not and it's a, and it, without a doubt every member <laughs> of this band is still at the top of their game as far as what they do and i mean uh, to sing this catalog is difficult night after night and and bruce continues to do a good job well, bear in mind he had cancer he had throat- yeah he had throat cancer so it's it's amazing that he's singing at all let me jump over to young kyle dotson what do you think of the title track um i agree with steve and that was my main gripe is that as an opening track it's not great like i would have i would much prefer stratego be the opening track versus based on the way it starts yeah you know like looking at just comparing it to the last album like book of souls the title track is like the sixth song you know and that song would not be a the perfect opening track or anything so um, yeah, but no, otherwise I like it. It did, I think because it was so jarring to listen to, and it does take a while to get into it when you're starting to listen to an album like that build up. I'm not like, I want to get right into it, especially with a maiden album. And then that could become later, but I do like it. Like, especially just like listening to it on repeat or if I shuffle or something, um, I do like it a lot. And I, I do like what Steven is saying when he's saying that, Listening to uh, current Maiden is a lot of work. And he's not saying that in a negative way. He's saying that you have to put in the time and you have to immerse yourself in these songs and you just can't give it two or three listens and then put it to the side. And sometimes your favorite albums will be the ones that took a while to grow on you. And the albums that you like immediately, you might be sick of after a month. That's right. All these songs, each song has something great in it. You, You take the time to listen to them. Even yeah. the longer ones, you're like, I mean, the guitars on this album are amazing. They're yeah. better than probably almost any of the last 10 years, yeah. probably. And each song has something. If you don't like the song, even you're going to find something you like. Just take Tom, the time to listen to it. Yep. Tom Neuerberg, what do you got? Well, I agree with everything you're saying. Um, I have not listened to it. Obviously, I haven't listened to it as much as Stephen has. I don't think anyone has. has. Yeah. <laughs> So what I did was um, I obviously listened to the whole thing when it first came out, you know, whenever it was a couple months back, I hadn't listened to it basically since then. So knowing that we were going to do this tonight, I've been listening to it the last couple of days and I'm just making notes, you know, on, on each song. 
And I swear a lot of them, I have the same notes on a lot of these songs. And, and what I wrote on this one was there's no hook. There's yes. no hook to it. Okay. And, and then I wrote forced epic, almost <laughs> like they're trying to be epic. You know what I mean? And, um, and too long. And I could, I write down it on, on almost every song. Um, but, but I agree with what, what you're saying. The singing is great. The guitars are great. The drums are great. I mean, what's the saying of um, the, the sum is greater than the parts, right? The That's parts are greater than the sum. Yeah. So in this, yeah, in this case, it's the opposite. Yeah. We have great parts, but for some reason, it's not coming together. And, and it's just not grabbing me. For you. Know? you. It's, not, it's not grabbing you, but Stephen, he's yeah. totally all in. And like what you said, Pat, what you just said about, you know, um, I, I totally agree where you said sometimes albums grow on you. Yeah. Whereas other albums, you love it. And then like six weeks later, you're like, oh, shit, I'm sick of it. Right. I, I look back on the Iron Maiden catalog. The first album, Killers, Number of the Beast, Peace of Mind, Power Slave. My thought is, why would I listen to this again? When I could, I'd rather just go back and listen to one of those. All right. That, that's my, I mean, I mean, I and I, I don't want, I, I don't like to sound like negative because I mean, I, because I do love Iron Maiden. Sure, you just saw them on their but, last tour. Yeah, but that's kind of how I feel about a lot of the stuff on here. All right. And I was going to make mention too. I mean, hell, it's a miracle Bruce is singing the way he's singing after what he's gone through. Yeah, it's crazy. But it's, right. it just doesn't grab me, you know. Gotcha. I, I will. I, I'm going to contradict myself real quick because I did say it's a bad opening track, but I also think it like kind of sets up the rest of the album. So yeah. I think that's part partially why like it sets the stage. So I go back and forth on that, but I don't personally. I don't like it as an opening track. At All right, beginning part of the song. I'm going to sorry, Pat. The beginning okay. part of the song is the best part of the album because you hear the drums, you hear that rattlesnake kind of noise and then you don't know what's going to happen that could be anything from that point on you don't know what you're getting all right and then you, you get a really you get a lot of cool drums you get a lot of good like build up and it doesn't go anywhere it never takes you over that hump where you're like this so is the kyle, song i'm gonna be singing so kyle what you're saying then is the first 30 seconds of the eight yes. and a half minute song is, <laughs> no. is the best part <laughs> all right well let's hear one minute album let's hear it <laughs> Let's hear it since he keeps talking about it. It doesn't go anywhere from there. It just keeps it, that. <laughs> it could it could do that for four bars, then speed up. It could do that for four bars, another four bars, and then hit some highs. It just stays at that certain like mid tone level, and it never goes anywhere else. Like Tom said, there's no hook, and there the drums are great for the hook, but it doesn't as a song. It's not Aces High. It's not Tail Gunner. It's well, not no. It's it, it's it's not that basic songwriting of you know. Verse, chorus, bridge, verse, yeah, chorus. It's yeah. Not, and you don't need to have that. that. 
No, yeah. but you don't need to have that. You just need something to make you happy and make it. And it does for Steven. I'm not trying to say it's a crap song. It's not. But it, you need something to make it different and good. All right. If well, we've now talked it. about we've now talked about one song three times as long as the song is. So let's uh, <laughs> let's move on to Stratego. Um, Stephen, maybe you can tell me. I don't know how to say. Is it Yannick? Yannick. Yeah. That's Yannick. Right. And how do you say his last name? Gers. Gers. Okay. This one, Stratego, is written by Gers and Harris. So let's hear Stratego, track two. just joining us and why would you be because it's a podcast uh, <laughs> i'm gonna see what's happening 35 yeah, minutes in we're listening to some festive <laughs> christmas music that's uh iron maiden with stratego um now for me that song hits the sweet spot much more than the title track did it just uh like i can sing along with this i can i'm i'm really rocking with this the whole five minutes and so uh for me i do like stratego better than Senjutsu. And yeah, I think this would have been a better opening track, but who knows why they sequence an album the way they do. Let's jump right in with our super fan, Stephen Kirsch. Stephen, what do you think of the Stratego? Um, so this was the second single, I believe, right? Uh, I think yes. so. Yeah. Yeah. So this was the second song I heard and I did not like it when I first heard it. And again, mm. I like it now. I love it now. Okay. Uh, I love, when I listened to, again, I was saying, when I listened to Maiden, I listen to a lot of the rhythm. So it's uh, the bass and the drums. And this has got that. I love the Steve Harris galloping sound, you know? Yeah. Yes. Right in the middle of this song. I mean, it's just classic. Uh, I think a lot of people like this as well, because it's obviously, it's a lot shorter. It's a bit more like earlier. Accessible. Yeah. Um, I didn't like it when I first heard it though. It didn't go anywhere for me, but when I heard it in the context of the album, and I think that's important with me, and if you just pull songs out and just hear them randomly, they don't, yeah, you might like them or whatever, but when you hear it, I like to, when I listen to Maiden, I listen to this whole album. Like Top in, to bottom. Yeah, I, I can't help myself. And it, and it does, for me, anyway, it flows. So, yeah, this song, I, I love it. I, Steve it stands out on this, uh, the bass line on this. Um, again, it's not got a great, it's not that it's not a great chorus, but again, we're so used to, you know, Aces High, Two Minutes to Midnight, whatever. Right. But they're not that band anymore. No. That's what people... I have arguments with Maiden fans in other groups, you know, and, and that that's what I try and say to people. It's not, it's a completely different band. Yes, they're the same personnel, but they're not the same band. Steve Harris doesn't write. I don't want to hear Run to the Hills again, you know, another version yeah. of it. So I want to hear different things and I want to be challenged. I, I don't normally like to be challenged by music, but with Maiden, I do, because I think it's just, 
the, like you were saying before, the rewards, you know, the effort is, the rewards are worth all the effort for me. And uh, this, this, this song, I think Bruce sounds great again. Yeah. I, I loved Book of Souls, which is a very, a lot of people don't like it. It took me years to get into, I actually put it away and didn't listen to it for a few years. And then I had a road trip to do and I was literally in the car driving from Florida where I used to live up to New York. And I literally put it on, blasted it and listened to it a few times. And then I fell for it. You know, that was it. I was hooked. But it took me two years of just shelving it. And so you- with this one with Stratego, with Stratego, it's the same thing with this album. It's just that I, I was aware of, I have to really work at it. So instead of just listening to it once or twice and then being like, eh, I'm not sure I'll come back to it. I stuck with it. And, and, and this, I think is a great song. It's not, it's not my favorite song on the album. It's mm-hmm. going to be great live because it's got that, you know, you could just imagine Steve on it, you know, doing his gun with the machine gun with his bass. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think it's a, it's a great song. And Bruce, like I was saying, I didn't love his vocal as much as I love book of souls. I know he obviously what everything he went through with his voice. Um, he sounds very strained on Book of Souls to me. Yeah. But this one, I think he sounds fantastic on this. I think it sounds as good here as he, he has, you know, going back a long time, you know. So, I, I, yeah, it's a great song. I love it. I like that it's, you know, they throw in that, the odd short one every now and again, but yeah. they do the, the epics. But, yeah, it's a great song. All right, let's throw it to Tom Neuerberg. Tom, you like Stratego. This one I like. Um, actually, the the note I made was it, it, it's got that Iron Maiden gallop. That's the same note I made. It's got a, this one does have a hook to it. It has a chorus. And this one does, this is one I would look forward to hearing them play live. Now, Tom, I made this note. It says, fuck Tom. And I made that like, I don't know, like a week and a half ago, but I just wanted to pull that out right now. Is, is not that going to be on the new Rock Solid t-shirt? <laughs> yeah, I think so. That Just like that too. That's the font. That's screaming to be merch right there. <laughs> hey, speaking of merch, I want to tell people, I'm going to hold this up. This is an ACDC uh, Very uh, nice. inspired rock solid logo mean, beanie. I, I'm sorry. You mean it is a rock band inspired logo beanie? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> there you go. So in conjunction with this episode, uh, the first 10 people who email me at uh, rocksolidpodcast at gmail.com and just put the word Senjutsu in the subject line, nothing else, just that, uh, out of you 10 people, I will draw you, uh, out of a hat. I, why can't I talk? I don't I can't explain this. Draw them also someone, out of a beanie. Someone's going to win one of our <laughs> Iron Maiden inspired beanies. I'm just going to okay. tell you right now then. All right. So and then, uh, <laughs> then it is, it's a, it's like a knit cat beanie. It's not like a, a hat with a propeller on it. Just so no, 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 knows. no, it's not like, no, it's just really for the nice. audio listeners. <laughs> Look at that. Look at this. It's yeah, really no, nice. I, it is really nice. So I'll give i uh, I'll give one of the Iron Maiden, uh, inspired logo, uh, rock solid beanies away to one of the first 10 people, not all 10 of you, just one of you. I'll do a Christmas contest. All right. Uh, Kyle Dodson, Stratego uh love the game big fan i do like it i do like it. It it. Oh. steven kirsch you feel <laughs> familiar with the board game stratego i am now kyle kyle exactly. does not like the board game it's stratego weird. i love the game stratego i don't Is understand it? why they had to name the song exactly the same name as the game it's not like <laughs> it they have a it. game called monopoly it's well a song yeah jenga they almost named this album <laughs> jenga that's, that's what it's like. Yes, exactly. Andy Landon, uh, you don't think? 
<laughs> Kyle um, Hildreth, you like this song, Kyle Dotson. Yes, I like this song a lot. I didn't like it when I first heard it because they premiered it on Adult Swim's YouTube with like an, mm. an animated video, and the video is the shittiest animation I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. So I was just like focused on that, and I was like, I just need to listen to the song minus the video. Okay. So uh, when I heard it on the album, I really enjoyed it. But yeah. And Kyle Hildreth. It might be my favorite on the album. If this is might be your favorite song. It okay. might be, yeah. And I put words in your yeah. mouth, Kyle Hildreth. No, Bro. that's he's Kyle's right. This is one of the better songs. If this is what you like, if you're not into the epics, this is this is going to be your song. Okay. And this is in the last 20 years. I'm going to keep going back to that. They always been throwing on one song per album. It's that shorter. It's a little faster. That's going to be a single. And this is that song for this album. You know, Wild Dreams, Wicker Man. Uh, which else? These colors don't run. Different world. That kind of stuff. El Dorado. Yeah. You get those kind of songs and it feels like it's like Harry being nice to you, to the fans who like the old stuff, the fast stuff. Here's your one song. You know, you know, you want something fast. Here it is. Enjoy. I'm going to go write another 10 minute blowout for, you know, other people. Sorry, I'm not Steven. I'm not trying to knock on you. I do like some of the stuff, but that's the one song in this album. That's going to be, you know, the one that most people are going to go to. Although I did see one guy talking on YouTube. He said, if you bump it up to um, one and a quarter speed, it becomes a better song. And he played a little bit and it kind of does. It makes it a little faster. How do you bump it up to one and a quarter speed? Who's got time to do this? Before? I don't know how he did it. He's a magician. But right. he actually, he has a lot of, he doesn't have time. That's why he's bumping everything up to <laughs> one and a quarter speed. He doesn't have 81 it, minutes to listen to this album. <laughs> it took oh. down to 20 minutes. It was great. All but right. No, it had a little more interest to it. Cool. Sorry. All right. Track three. Look, look at us flying through this as slowly as possible. Track three <laughs> written by the uh, maiden approach Smith and Dickinson. Uh, this was the first single, right? Steven, the writing on the wall. Yeah. Yes. And there was an animated video for this too. A great video. Yes. With a ton Sign of this. Easter eggs and significantly better animation. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> and I, uh, I watched this on the big screen TV at the house. Uh, when I say big screen, I, I'm, I'm talking 55 inches. And I thought uh, you were going to say at the theater. Right, yep, I went over to uh, I went over IMAX. to the uh, to the AMC. MCA, uh, MCA. I bought a $15 AMC. ticket for a six minute video. <laughs> yeah, and I watched it in IMAX, and I got a hot dog. Okay, here we go. The writing on the wall.
I'm going to jump in first on this one. I uh, I really enjoy this song, and I think it gives you a little bit of what the epicness of Senjutsu, but some of the accessibility of Stratego. I think this really hits the sweet spot for me. It gives me a little bit of the old and a little bit of the new, and and it's got something I can sing along to in the car. And so uh, I do like uh, I do like the writing on the wall. Tom Neuerberg, you're I like two. it too. Um, the note I wrote is it has kind of a bluesy feel to it, which is kind of out of the ordinary for Iron Maiden. Um, I would say this and and Stratego are probably my two favorites on the uh, on the record. Of course, this one is a little more accessible. You know, it's probably going to get played to death on top 40 radio, and then I'll get sick of it. I'm kidding. But, uh, no, I like this one. All right, cool. Kyle Dodson. Um, I like this one a lot, too. And I think the – not to go back to the video. These, these are the only two with videos. But I think the video of this is kind of what the entire, like, concept of the album is because there's – like a time machine in the video and some other things. So um, I think I listened to the album with that in mind. Maybe that influences it, but no, I like this one a lot. Um, but I will say these two, these are two of the shortest songs and they kind of limit themselves as to what they can release as a single in terms of yeah. radio play, like with some of these, because the other ones are what, like I think every other one is over, Except one other one. Every other one's like over seven minutes. Yeah. What uh, do you think? What does that even mean when you when you get right down to it? Does it even mean anything at all to call a song a single from Iron Maiden? Well, I mean, Iron I mean, Maiden. These things aren't getting played on the radio, are they? Iron no. Maiden is the rare band where they're going to sell records, they're going to sell out tours, regardless of the airplay, because the fan base is so rabid. They're going to go for Iron Maiden, no matter what. When Tom and I saw them live, I have never seen so many t-shirts being purchased. And then the people would immediately put them on too. It was, uh, it was kind of joyous. I really love that. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think it matters if there's a single or not with Iron Maiden, people are waiting for their music and their, the fan base is just, it's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, Kyle Hildreth, what do you think of the writing on the wall? That's the most um, controversial song on the album, I think. Because? Because of the style. the um, That kind of southerny, twangy guitar. You don't hear that on any other album from Iron Maiden. And for them to put it on this one, you're going to get people who love it and people who hate it. And I think it's a good song. I like it. But um, it's different. It's a lot different than what you're used to. And again, it's a nice shorter song. Like, uh, like Kyle said, these are the two songs that you can do stuff with. Mm-hmm. Um, it'd be interesting to see if they took one of the longer songs and cut it down and made it into a weird single, you know, take off the two minute intro, take off the one minute outro, cut out some of the solo in the middle, make it into a fun little single. Maybe your guy oh, that yeah. speeds the songs up can do something <laughs> for you. <laughs> Not my guy, but that really but was a cool I, idea. I'll answer Tom's question about the singles. I think it's more for a tr- now they use them as like a trailer for this is what the, there's a new album coming out. And here's the That's dates coming out, yeah. and here's yeah. your here's your taste of what it's on it. I think is more of what I I mean. That's yeah. kind of what they've always done. But beyond releasing those two, you know, they're not going to release another single from this album. And nothing else on the album sounds like that. So if you heard just mm-hmm. that, you're like, oh. And then you heard everything else, like, oh, nothing else. 
<laughs> Kyle, yeah, uh, Kyle got you. a bait and switch. Uh, if, if yes, you, very if much. You hear so. that and think, oh, that's what the album's going to be, you know? Yeah. It's a bit, so it's a bait and switch like all of David Lee Roth's solo albums. <laughs> <laughs> well, a little yeah, bit. yeah, I put it in. It was all in Spanish. Louis, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Stephen Kirsch, how do you like the writing on the wall? Yeah, I loved it the first time I heard it. And I was actually going to say what you guys have just said. It's a very misleading. If you hear that and you think, oh, I'm going to buy the album. It's nothing. This is nothing like the rest of the album. But yeah. I don't mind. I mean, it's a great song. The intro, you know, it's a bit different for Maiden. Um, they have done stuff like this, but you know, like Journeyman from... Um, kind of, yeah. Just with the slow, with the acoustic guitar, and, you know. That yeah, well, kind of. that part, yeah. Yeah. That's We've gotten that part. But um, yeah, it's a great, great song. I, I listen to it. It's, it's a nice, clean sound. It's very commercial. It's probably the most commercial song on the album. Well, yeah. it is. Not probably. Yeah. It's, it uh, is. The video's cool. I mean, I like... I don't have time to watch videos anymore, but of course, when it came out, I, I did watch it. But uh, you know, this you is didn't a, go to the theater. Yeah. It's not the days <laughs> of MTV anymore where you would, you know, watch that. But it's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it's a great, great song. Yeah, I got nothing and, bad to say about it. And Stephen, does uh, does your what kind of music does your wife like? Did, she doesn't like this music. No, no, no. Blaze yeah. Bailey. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can talk. Nah, I'll tell you about Blaze. Um, but yeah, as far as um, she. That, we argue about music when we get in the car because she always has on, on we have Sirius and she puts on 80s on 8. And that's, yeah. she's stuck in the 80s and it's the worst, but not even. <laughs> and she recently discovered Yacht Rock. So <laughs> 3.11, Sirius, 3.11. Oh God, it drives me crazy. Even my kids are like, what is she listening to? I'm like, I'm sorry. I, you know, A lot, lot of Christopher Cross. Oh, it's <laughs> terrible. And she repeats the same stuff over. She makes playlists the same <laughs> You know, if I, I listen to music sometimes when I'm in the shower or whatever, and I'll, I'll have it blasting, and she'll come in and she'll be like, "What crap are you listening to?" And I'm like, "It's Maiden or it's Metallica or whatever." Yeah. So you know, we we don't really. The only band that we love the same uh, are Oasis. That's the only band that we right. love together. Uh, but but yeah, when we don't have the same kind of uh, taste in music. Well, well, sounds Steven, like you're married. Take take this uh, <laughs> take this with a grain of salt. Uh, maybe 23 years is the limit. Yeah, I've always got an exit strategy. So <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, Pilar doesn't. Yeah. Pilar doesn't like the music I like either. Like this would be like, oh my god, turn that off. <laughs> Luckily, but, my kids do. My kids have followed because they used to play rock band and Guitar Hero when they yeah, were yeah, yeah. They're eighteen and twenty-one now, but you know they. I mean, I was supposed to go and see Hailstorm uh, last mm. week in in Newark, uh, but they we we were going to that same show. Yeah. Oh, in Newark. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my, my daughter just came home from college for it and um, yeah, it got cancelled. It's rescheduled to January 21st. Yep. Was that, it because it was in Newark? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, listen, no one chooses to go to Newark. But, um, <laughs> it, it, you know, that, that's her favourite band and that's the first band. I think she was 14. She's 21 now. We It was the first concert she ever went to. Nice. And I got her in, into, you know, she actually got me into into hailstorm but um you know i took my other daughter we went to see ac when we lived in florida we saw acdc with uh axel axel oh. Rowe. he was singing then um you know so like i've got my, my kids you know uh, at least i've got them on my side you got the rock <laughs> they the got right the thing. rock cred <laughs> yeah good job that's not just the sound of that first sip of morning joe it's the sound of someone shopping for a car on carvana from the comfort of home that's a good blend it's time to take it easy like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes talk about starting the morning right 
Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm-mm-mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. All right, track four. Boy, nine minutes and 32 seconds. Up until this point, this is the longest one. This is Lost in a Lost World. Okay, I'm going to jump in first. Uh, the four longest songs on the album are all written by Steve Harris alone. And uh, this is the first of those four songs. Um, this one is going to kill it live because I can just see, you know how the crowd at a Maiden show, like on the floor, is all like moving in unison, whether it's up and down or side to side. It's like uh, you really have to see it like the ocean. to understand what I'm saying. But yeah. it's amazing. And I, uh, I do like this song a lot. And, uh, and I, I feel like this is definitely going to be heard live. It just has that, those layers. And, uh, and you can rock. So, Kyle Dodson, you're up. Um, I like this song. I don't love it. I don't, I, I don't mind it when it comes on. It doesn't really feel like it's nine minutes yes, and 30 true. seconds. Um. I, I really like the the chorus. I think the chorus has a really good hook. Um, I think this is my problem overall with the album. It's hard for me when I like hear the song, I'm like, oh yes, but like I can't remember like if I look at the title, I can't remember what that song is a lot of the time, especially with the second half of the album. But um this one, I don't know, this one at the end, is this the one that has like a weird like sp- almost like spoken word? like solo singing of from uh, Bruce Dickinson. Is I'm that not this sure. One? Steven, do you know that? Is this the one? Parchment, isn't it? Yeah. that's. Oh, the maybe one. that's parchment. All right. Then I'll save it. Yeah. See, that's what, that's the, my issue with the this. Album is like, I can't remember any, I've listened to it a bunch. So uh, no, I, I like this. I like this one. <laughs> All right. Tom Newerberg. Lost well, in the think, Lost World. I think that this kind of, uh, echoes what Kyle Hildreth was saying earlier about editing it down to, to, to make it a shorter song. My note, like, okay. And what Kyle Dotson said, I, I don't remember this, this stuff. It kind of went in more one year now out the other. Right. So I don't remember it. All I'm doing now is looking at the notes that I wrote down when I listened to this, what I wrote down for this song was atmospheric, which I think is maybe the intro might have some atmospheric sounds to it. Then the next thing I wrote was too long. Okay. But that little clip that you just played is cool. Good. Yeah. yeah. 
You know what I mean? Yep. And I did. Uh, I forgot. I did write a note on this. Edited, and I think I would like it better. Right. And I did write a note down on this. Let me hold it up. It said, uh, suck it, Tom. I wrote that down. No, no he's writing this one. Hold that one up. Um, Kyle Hildreth, what do you got? Tom's gonna... right. Okay. Here's the problem with this album. It's too long overall. It, if you, you cut you off. You haven't put the time in. You don't want to work at it. Well, no, no, no. Told us you got to right. work at it. Steven is right. If you listen to, if I listen to this over time, I'm going to like these songs more. I'm going to get into them. I'll be seeing Lost in the Lost World at some point. But you don't need to have all these extra two-minute intros and outros and just repeating this theme over and over again for 12, 48 bars. If you took half the songs, cut them, you put this all on one CD, one, you two albums instead of five, whatever it's going to be, mm-hmm. it'll make it so much better. It's Let just, me ask it's, this. Kyle Hildreth, do you play an instrument? Yes. Yeah, I play drums. You play drums. So, uh, and like Steven, Steven plays uh, guitar. He's a musician. You're you're not into that long stuff as a musician. You don't like to no doodling and what they're doing. I do like it, but again, a problem with this album. I've heard a lot of this already, and maybe not specifically these notes or specifically these patterns or Mm -hmm. you know melodies. But this is the same stuff they've been doing for the last 20 years. We've heard more of these songs that have gone on the same. And some of it's great and I'll sing it, but I don't want a new album with all that kind of same feel to it. All right. Let's jump over to Stephen, who I believe is packing up a box of anthrax to send to Kyle Hildreth's house. I can see a few veins starting to pop on the side of my I know. Yeah. Sorry, Stephen. What do you think of Lost in a Lost World? I love it. I love it too. Um, this is when this is the first song on the album where my ears really pricked up and I was like, okay, mm. you know, because there's so many time change. This is what, I'm, you know, I don't want to repeat myself all the time, but this is going back to when you really have to listen to them because so many time changes in there, these songs in songs, um, you've got to work at it. I, I know it sound like a broken record, but you do have to work at it. It's not just about the mm-hmm. chorus, everything going on. And what I do have to take you up on what you said, um, Kyle. That's fine. Um, Please. No, please. You know, like you were saying, like the intro, two minutes or whatever. Like, we'll talk about it more maybe in some. Yes, other we will. <laughs> <laughs> but like, that's called, that's atmosphere. It's building you up. That I mean, I Maiden are a live band. Imagine these live. You're sitting there. You're in the dark. They've got stuff going on on the stage. That is building up. That's what it's a spectacle. It's 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 not just it, that. That's what yeah. I. You know what I'm I saying? I get, I, do, I do understand what people say. When they, you know, go on, it's, it's too long, or it's they could have cut the song down. I look this if this song is nine minutes, it it flies. This whole album flies, but I can't believe how long it is. It wow, flies by. I love listening to it because before I know it, I'm like, wait a minute, you know, I've been working away and the, the day's gone, you know. But um, it's a great song. Bruce really? sounds great. The guitars are incredible. I love the diff- all the different time changes that go on in there, you know. Steven, if, you, if you listen to this album three times, your eight-hour workday is over. I know, it's fantastic. <laughs> and that's what it feels like. It feels like an album you can play in the background and you can listen to it over and over and over again and hear new stuff. But if you want to hear songs or individual songs, you get three songs in one with this kind of stuff. And it but really... Every time you listen to Maiden, every time I listen to Maiden, I'll hear something new in the song that I didn't catch before. Yep, that's true. That's yep. what I love. That is what but I the, love. Yeah, but I feel like you get the problem, like Kyle was saying, 
there's nothing to kind of make you remember what the song is when you look at the track listing. You don't, I know Lost in a Lost World, but other than that, yeah, I haven't now, listened to it enough yet. I know. And for but. people listening today, we do have two Kyles on the show. We have a good Kyle and a bad Kyle. Side. <laughs> you uh, see the fire behind me, right? So. Yeah. <laughs> he's on my, he's on your one shoulder and I'm on your <laughs> other shoulder. And uh, for Tom Neuerberg, I'm still writing notes down, Tom. I'll show you one in a little bit. Tom. Um, the next, uh, the next track, we are, uh, we're song number five. This, this will is be days, halfway through. Days of Future Past. The shortest song in the album at four minutes and three seconds. This is written by Smith and Dickinson. Here we go. Here we go. Okay, I'm going to go first again. And um, this is my favorite song on the album. And probably because it's, it's not breaking any new ground. It's the most familiar sounding uh, Iron Maiden type song on the album. And uh, the first time I listened to the, well, the first three times I listened to this album, it came out a day I was taking a, a flight uh, cross country. And, uh, and I made sure this was loaded up and ready to go. I had not listened to it. I was going to wait until we were up in the air and I put the Bose noise canceling on and I just immersed myself in it. And, uh, when this song came on, I, uh, I was out of my seat, running down the aisle, knocking over a cart. I took my mask off. I went nuts. They had to duct take me in and I listened to the rest of the album. But no, this is a, for only the reason that I said it's the most Iron Maiden-y song on the record for me. So let's jump to Stephen Kirsch for this one. Um, yeah, that intro, that guitar intro, gets you right into it. I mean, yeah. you know, and again, at four minutes or whatever, four minutes, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what's not to love about that? Great chorus. Bruce sounds fantastic again. The time changes in there, but that, that guitar riff that's going through when it's by itself, when it's, the guitar's isolated by itself and just, it's just sounds, it's fantastic. And again, it's it's a short song, so it's very memorable. Yeah. Like, in that respect, you know how uh, Tom was saying you forget parts of the songs what you're listening to, but you don't in that one. I mean, no. uh, I think isn't it based on a TV show? Um, Daisy, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that. It's based on some TV show, yeah. But anyway, yeah. No, great. It's hmm. a great song, and and you know you can tell it's written by Adrian Smith as well. Yeah, Adrian Smith yes. brings the uh, brings the the Melodic, pop. Like, yeah. The more pop rock to the song whenever he can. Um, Tom Neuerberg, what do you think? Uh, thumbs up. I like that one. That I mean, just again, that little clip you played, that was awesome. And if, this, if this same song had a, two minutes tacked on the front and two minutes tacked on the end, I probably wouldn't like it. Right, right. It's, it's to the point. It's just a crisp, rocking, metal pop 
song and it's it's great yeah agree agree uh kyle hildreth it makes you happy you hear that guitar in the beginning who doesn't like that that's maiden that's the old stuff you remember and then it's hard not to like that kind of stuff yeah. so it yeah, takes you back good. it takes you back yeah kyle dodson yeah. days of future past this i think is the one i'm most excited to see live if they mm-hmm. play it live um yeah, this I think this is. I think I said Stratego might be my favorite. It's between these two for sure. Um, but yeah, like what everyone else said, it's great. But I also think lyrically, it's the most interesting lyrical song on the album. Well, it's sure. simple, and you can sing along to it. Like mm-hmm. you can listen to this one three times and know. Like I mean, if you want to sing along with some of these songs, like Stephen says, you have to listen to memorize these lyrics to some of these songs takes a while, but this song after about three listens, you, you can already sing mm-hmm. along, which is a- actually, I have a question for Steven. There's no Dave Murray songs on here. No, and I don't, yeah, I don't know about the last album either. He rarely writes. He writes the odd song now and again. Yeah. Yeah. He used to though. Right. He used to write. He, a lot he did man of sorrows on the last one. It says oh, really? co-wrote with Harris. Wrote That's Dave. what it says as Wikipedia. Deja Vu, I think he wrote. Yeah. I mean, very, very rare that he writes. Yeah, okay. I didn't know if that was something that was just kind of eventually happening through the catalog or no, no, he wrote on purpose. Okay. He just, can he's tell, happy to I, play I, live. Can I tell you a funny story about? Sure. Uh, I would I would rather you not, because that <laughs> might bring some type of entertainment value to the show. Okay, just, I'll allow it. Go ahead, Steve. I don't know if we're on any time constraints here. No, we're not. Okay. Only, let, let me ask you this, Stephen, before you tell the story. What did you tell your wife you're doing right now? I said, um, I'm going to be on a, a podcast, um, you know, a Zoom podcast. And she said, you know, which one? And I said, Rock Solid. And she said, I said, this is, a, this is a serious one. This guy gets good names. She goes, well, what are you doing on it then? I said, I have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> you're, you can tell her that I said, you're bringing it tonight. <laughs> okay, go <laughs> ahead, Stephen. Tell us your funny story. So, yeah, so what, one, it was one of the tours I'm thinking it was um somewhere in time so it was me and a couple of buddies and we it was before we were driving somewhere in time would have been what 86 yeah i think so yeah i was around 16 and we used to hang we used to take the day off school and there was only two ho- big hotels in manchester so we kind of figured we knew where they were going to be staying at one of the hotels so we used to hang around and there was a radio station just one big radio station we used to hang around and they used to have like signs on the on the window saying oh i made coming in today for an interview which was dumb because everyone would just wait outside <laughs> right but um so anyway what happened was we we got on the bus and we were we were just going where i can't even remember it's the double decker buses in england and we're on the top and we look out the window and we see dave Murray walking just walking so we all start yelling at him and uh, we tell the bus driver, stop the bus, and we get off the bus, and we all run down, and we go up to him and, you know, ask him for an autograph. And he said, listen, I'm lost. Can you help me? So he said, yeah, where are you going? He goes, I'm trying to get to the theatre. So we said, well, didn't you go with the rest of the band? He goes, no, we're all doing our own thing. And the, <laughs> he was in the city centre, and the, the, this bus, you, you know, it was about a 20-minute ride on the bus. So he said, uh, yeah, I have no idea how to get there. So we said, oh, we'll take you there. He said, all right, yeah. That's <laughs> awesome. We stayed with him. He gets on the bus with us. We sit on the bus with Dave Murray. And we were just like, we could, you know, we were 16. We were like, what is going on here? That's and we so cool. The, we took him to the theatre. The bus drops you off right outside the theatre. Because it's not like the theatres now, you know, like the big arenas now. This was like a 3,000 seat yeah. 
you know, place. And it lit, the bus literally stopped right out front of the doors. And then we walked in around the back where the stage, because we all knew where the stage door was and yeah. everything. We all used to hang out there after the show. And we walked him right down there and he's like, hey, thanks guys, cheers, and we'll see you tonight. And, and he went in. But it was just bizarre that he was just wandering around Manchester by himself and no idea where he was going. And, and did, you get, did you get his autograph or anything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got pictures and, and, and all kinds of stuff. Was, so you must have, you had a camera with you then if you got pictures. We, yeah, because we went, we intentionally went, used to take yeah. the day off school to try and meet them. We met so many people. You can't do it these days, but back it's so then, cool. we met so many people. I used to have a white biker leather jacket. And uh, every time. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> you know, the, <laughs> so it was every time I got it purposely. I had uh, Thin Lizzy on the back of it, like on the, on the top part and in black and every time we met you know celebrities you know rock stars we i got them to sign my jacket and it was covered in from bon jovi wow. lemmy metallica cliff burton anthrax the whole wow. everybody and when i'm and of course i'm a lot bigger now so <laughs> it, 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 i couldn't get my arm in it these days but so but when i left when i moved to the states i don't know why it was at this point it wasn't white anymore it was falling apart i'd had it for years everybody had signed it and it just i don't know what happened it just went missing i had no idea what uh. happened but it had like i said i mean alice cooper um lots of smaller british bands that i was into at the time heavy petting magnum uh, Marillion, all, oh. all these bands and we just yeah. used to hang out at the back of the this place and they were just sign it of john bon jovi ricky sambora the whole thing it was crazy that is so oh. cool i love it i love that story Wait a minute. Very is, that, cool. is that the same jacket you gave gave to filomeno when you asked her to go steady <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that one uh, that was a black one and i had a friend who was an artist and he, he airbrushed um wow you'll see I, i'll send you I'll, I'll tweet you the pictures you'll see and there was an article the reason i met philomena i written her a letter to say how much phil meant to me because i couldn't meet i tried to meet her at, um a, a show it was like a, they do it every year vibe for yeah phil. vibe for philo and i went to the very first one and, and i couldn't i met Robertson, Eric Bell, Brian Downey, mm-hmm. and I couldn't meet her. And I wrote a letter to her through the fan club, but I didn't tell anybody because I was embarrassed. I didn't want anyone to know that, <laughs> oh, he's right. writing a letter to Phil's mother. And one day out of the blue, I get a phone call. And, uh, I pick up the phone and and it was her. And wow. And I knew it was her because I hadn't told anybody that I'd done this. <laughs> and she said, I just got your letter. And she goes, I'd really, you know, it touched me. You weren't asking for anything. You were just telling me what his music meant to you. And she goes, I'm going to be in Manchester because she used to live in Manchester. And she said, uh, I'd like to meet you. It was it was around the time of her book came out, My Boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she said, I'm coming to Manchester. I'm going to I'm going to be in the city. I'm seeing a matinee of Phantom of the Opera. Will you meet me at the the Opera House? So I said, yeah. And uh, at the time I was, I don't know, maybe 21, 22. Perfect. And I had a, a Lotus <laughs> Esprit. I'm not saying that because it was five years old, but I was still living with my parents. Okay. I had a Lotus Esprit. It was like the one in Pretty Woman. And uh, I went and I had long hair and all that. And she just said, just meet me there. And she said, where you? I sent the pictures of my jacket. And she said, wear the jacket. I want to see it. So I said, okay. So I'm waiting at the opera house. And as everyone starts to come out, she sees me because I'm wearing the jacket. And she comes up to gives me a bit like she'd known me forever. Gives me a big hug. And, uh, and there was a guy there, a photographer. And he came over and he was writing an article on her about a book. And he said, I asked, do you mind? I asked the guy to come for the, the paper. And this is the article I'll send you. And it's a picture of her with my jacket and then a write-up about me. And then she took me after that. She said, have you got time? And I said, yeah. She goes, there's a club that's 
she knows an owner of a club and the club wasn't open. It was during the day. So she said, can you, do you want to come with me and we can talk? I said, yeah. So she gets in my car. Little lady, she gets in my Lotus. She could barely get in. And then we drive off to this club and this club was um, somebody, you know, it was all the friends were there to meet her. And she spent about an hour talking to me about Phil. Uh, and all, she said some crazy, not crazy stuff, but just very insightful stuff. Wow. We talking about his death. She was asking me about my family, you, you know, you name it. Um, just, she was amazing. And, and um, she was very angry at, uh, she blames uh, Jimmy Bain for his death. Oh boy. Wow. And, and um, she said, you know, if she'd have known, she could have done more. She felt guilty. But we, yeah. we were talking about all kinds of stuff. And, um, and then she gets a phone call from... Uh, this guy and she said can you um some the guy at the bar said hey, can you uh, get a, there's a call for you and it was a guy called georgie best and georgie best is a very famous soccer player uh, he's dead now but for manchester united not my team but he's a very well-known irish and he was very good friends with phil he's, you see pictures of him and stuff he's actually mentioned in the song black rose at the end and he says georgie knows best yeah, and, and he was on the phone. So she's talking to him, and she's saying, "Oh, hi, you know, Georgie." And she goes, "I've got to go. I'm talking to Stephen. He's a really nice guy. He's a big fan." <laughs> she goes, I'll call you later. And I'm like, "Oh my god, what's going on?" And then I moved. She always kept in touch with me, and when I moved, she would call me in Florida, just randomly. But she always got the time. She'd call me at like three in the morning, and she'd be like, "The way you look," and I'm like, "No, no, no, it's fine. I was wide awake. You I was know? wide awake." Stephen, <laughs> how what? Wow. How old were you when you spent the time with her in person? I think it was my boy. So it was around 19. Uh, I was maybe like 23 or 24. And how old was she? God, I, I don't know. Maybe too old, if that's what you're asking. <laughs> I'm not saying anything. <laughs> I mean, I like old women, but you know. Um, let me let me ask you this, Stephen. What are your two favorite Thin Lizzy albums? Albums? Yes. Uh, Jailbreak is definitely number one. Um, and controversial it, it flips i can tell you my top threes jailbreak and then it, probably bad reputation and then renegade wow all right and, i love uh, renegade too and my favorite song is johnny the fox meet jimmy the weed that's all good right. one. Uh, the reason i asked Stephen, is uh you're such a fan of uh, thin lizzie i'm gonna have to have you back and we'll do like a track by track of a couple albums you'll pick one and i'll pick one and we'll do that because uh because you're, you're, you're killing it tonight. Uh, Kyle Hildreth, you will not be on for that deep purple. Uh, <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> this is awkward, um, isn't it? <laughs> we all talked about uh, Days of Future Past, right? We all loved it. We all gave it a thumbs yes. up. Yes. And oh, Kyle, yeah, everybody. Kyle uh, type on your computer so people can hear what you're doing. Kyle Dotson. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay, it sounds like you're- I have a big- clacky keyboard yeah what are you uh, looking up as we we're talking I'm, i was just i was looking up some iron maiden stuff and i was looking up ten lizzie i was just in right. producer mode still well you know what if you're gonna look stuff up maybe say something i didn't find anything of interest that <laughs> or right, anything to add to steven's personal story no, no it's hard to top that one that's great okay let's move on to the song called the time machine i'm trying to find out who wrote it i'm leafing through my uh <laughs> Uh, it's, uh, again, I can't say Harris. his name. Gares and Harris. Seven minutes and uh, 10 seconds. Here's the time machine. Come on. Have I ever told you about the time machine? Set you down and tell you everywhere I've been. I've lived a long life. Let me tell you about 
how great would it have been if he just then told the story of Back to the Future? <laughs> it would have made it more measurable, you know? <laughs> um, so to hang on to. Let's, I'm going to start with uh, Tom Neuerberg on the time machine. You know, um, I don't know. I'm looking. Uh, all, all I wrote down on this one is it's just okay. <laughs> but that little clip sounds good. Well, I was again when I went through to find uh, find the where to start some songs tonight. I tried to find one, you know, a part where if you've never heard this album, that you might be more interested in hearing it. Yeah, that uh, little clip, that that little clip there sounded catchy. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a little poppy for what yeah. I'm used to from from Iron Maiden. Yep, but also something that I would listen to and say, ah, that's fine. And not really feel like I need to ever listen to it again. <laughs> Check it off the box. Yeah. Check that box off. You're good. All right. Kyle Hildreth. Yeah. I mean, it's the same. You're going to get a lot of this going on from now on. <laughs> it's just a long song. And you're right. It is catchy when you hear the pieces. But I don't know. For the last, like, again, last 20 years, think about power. Every slave. time you say 20 years, someone has to take a drink of some alcohol. <laughs> okay. You're right. Last two decades. Um, power slave when they had that and they had the rhyme of the ancient Mariner on it, it was 13 minutes long and that was amazing and crazy. They had all these great songs, you know, normal size songs. And then they had this 13 minute epic coming on and now it's flipped where you have 13 minute epics and you have one short song and it's just, it's overkill. Well, when, when we're, when we're complaining about these long songs, you know, I'm, I'm not, I don't want it to seem like, you know, I feel like yeah. if, if a song's over five minutes, I don't like it because that's not the case. Right. Not I, at all. I love Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. I love uh, was Alexander, Alexander the Great. I love uh, the loneliness, the loneliness of the long distance runner the, you know, the fact that it's long is not why I'm not liking some of these songs. I feel like it's long because it's a four minute song being stretched to seven or eight minutes. Gotcha. That, that's a lot my of the, complaint. Yeah. A lot of the music, the melodies, the rhythms, the stuff, it's kind of been tread already. You're not going, it, it is different. I'm not trying to, again, like Tom said, not trying to knock it for being long, but you're not doing anything that different enough to make us excited about it. And how many years would that be, Kyle Hildreth? 19, no, 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 20, 20. Okay. 20 years. All right. Take a drink. Um, hold on then. I got to, I got to cannonball it. You see, I thought that, I thought that was going to be like a nice like cork sound when you pulled that out, but it was twist off. Yeah, it's a, some of them have a cork, but this one, uh, this is the uh, Sammy Hager Beach Bar Rum Redhead Macadamia Ooh. Nut. I don't get uh, I don't make any money from promoting this, but I will tell you this is delicious. Redhead huh? Macadamia Nut. Redhead Macadamia Nut. Wait, what rum. is it? Is it rum? It's rum. It's so a good. Lot of, that's a lot of business going into rum. Yeah, you know, this whole bottle has been uh, consumed by me every time you say 20. (laughs) (laughs) I would like a glug, glug, glug sound when you do that next time, too. Kyle Dotson, you want to type a little and then tell us uh, what you think of this song? Uh, I this song makes this song makes me laugh because the first time I heard the chorus, which we heard. Yeah. When he says, have I ever told you about my time? I told you about the time machine. And then he says, sit you down, I'll tell you. I thought he was going to say, about my time machine. (laughs) (laughs) 
and it makes me laugh every single time because I'm like, ah, oh, that would be so funny. Just repeat time machine over like, and over again. And then the next line Crazy. is in my time machine. <laughs> yeah. Go back in time. In my time um, machine. I this is this is one of those I like this song when when I'm just listening to the album and it comes up. I right. don't know if I would ever just pick this song, be like, you know what I'm not really gonna listen to? Time Machine. Uh so but I like it in the album experience. This is probably like like I said, these first six, or like which is like the disc one, I guess. Is disc, what it's yeah, considered. this is closing out disc one. I like this disc better than I like disc two for sure. I I absolutely do too, and it's um, it's only because, and I'm going to quote Stephen. It's only because I haven't put in the work on disc two, but disc one I have definitely put in the work, and I do enjoy it. Stephen, how do you feel about the time machine? This is my least favorite song on the album. Holy balls in hell! <laughs> And, and is it because he doesn't say he's going to tell you about his time machine? <laughs> I'll tell you exactly why, actually. First of all, <laughs> I throw in a curveball because everyone thinks I love every song. Um, this song, it's too happy. <laughs> yes, you're right. He's, the way that he's singing, he's like bouncing through the lyrics. I can't really explain it too well. But he's like a hobbit. No. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Um, I don't dislike it in the context, like I was saying, the context of the album, I'll listen to it. But I would never pick this. If I'm making a compilation, I'm never going to put this song on it. Gotcha. Uh, Tom was I, saying the same thing. Yeah, and it's if, too poppy. Yeah, and if I don't have, you know, the 81 minutes spare, um, <laughs> and I need to put it down by 10 minutes, that's the song that's going to go. Yeah, I uh, mean, if you if you remove this song, I think everything fits on one CD then. Why not? I mean, I, I, so, you know, it's I like it. And it's got lots of time changes and, you know, there's certain parts of it that I like, but overall... It's your least yeah, favorite. It's my least... I do like it, but it's my least favorite. And I hope they don't do it live when I see them. All right. <sighs> they kind of uh, did a disservice putting this on two discs, too, because the second half is thick. It's a lot of long songs, a lot of, you know, kind of the same feel of the songs. And if you don't care about that, you're not going to listen to it. You're not going to open up that third flap and take that out and put it in. If you had them all on one CD... You could hear them all. Yeah, I do think that I do think the sequencing is rough for the rest of the album because again, disc uh, disc two only has four songs, and they are a seven minute song, a ten minute song, a twelve minute song, and an eleven minute song. You know, you put it all together, it's like a forty minute disc. But it's um, but again, and I'm not making, I'm not teasing you, Stephen. When I 100% agree with you with the phrase "put in the work," I, I do agree with that. No, he's so, definitely right about that. Uh, Kyle Dotson, are you are you gone for the night? Clickety clickety click. Turned off his sound. Apparently, when he was typing, he came uh, upon some nudes, and so he's taking a break. All right, <laughs> the, track seven is "Darkest Hour," written by Smith and Dickinson, and then the rest of the album after this is all written by Harris. But here is. Darkest hour, seven minutes, 21 seconds.
Steven, when you listen to this album the first couple times, do you pull out the lyric sheet and follow along? No, no, I don't. Um, those days are long, you know, like when you used to follow. Remember the days when you would just buy an album, come home, lay on your bed? Yeah. While you're listening to it. I, I can't remember what I had for breakfast this morning. I'm not, <laughs> I've listened to this album so many times. I still don't know the lyrics. So I, I just hum along with the bass or the drums or whatever. All right. I, I didn't know if I, I was going to ask you because sometimes lyrically, these songs are really dense. And even when I'm following along, sometimes I don't quite know what the history is or what the story well, is based about, on. This is about Dunkirk. The battle, you know. Uh, oh, this he, is about Dunkirk? Yeah. Uh, and I, I think this song is absolutely fantastic. I mean, it's a ballad. It's a haunting ballad, really. Yeah, I do like this song, too. This this whole spoiler alert, but this disc two that you guys were absolutely trashing <laughs> um, is unbelievable. This, if they just released this disc two and then they never did anything else, that was the end of Maiden. What a way to go. This, wow. This is the... This, I can't even get over how excited I'm going to get over the next few songs. I, but, but, but this song is just the start of it, the build-up, the, the, the atmosphere. It's going to be amazing live. I can imagine, you know, what effects they're going to use if they do it live. Um, I don't think they're going to tour this album, though. That I know that the tour we're all going to, I saw the Legacy of the Beast tour uh, in 2019 in Brooklyn. And, you know, it was all the classics. And it's just a continuation of that, but they're throwing a few of these songs in as well. So I don't know if they're going to, come around in three years time and do a full tour of these so i don't think they will um so they're just gonna play a few of these along with the the legacy writing on the wall and you know whatever but um this is this is just an unbelievable song the lyrics are very deep uh very uh, i I think the lyrics are really good i mean i I do know the lyrics to this one you know when i'm reading them i don't know them off the top of my head but um i think it's fantastic uh solos in it are great very atmospheric it'll be amazing amazing live uh, uh steven i don't want to put you on the spot but could you sing verse three for us <laughs> yeah so it goes <laughs> um steven i believe kyle was at the same show you were at in 2019 in brooklyn yeah, yeah, it was yeah we went on the 26th i think of july where, where do you live uh i live in brooklyn i we used to live by uh, sunset park and I, now I, don't I live you're in california um... now I uh, moved here a couple of years ago, yeah, three I years ago. I live in North Jersey, so I don't like to go to Brooklyn. <laughs> and, that makes sense. <laughs> you know, I knew it's easier for me to get to. But um, yeah, but yeah, no, um, that was the first time I, I saw Maiden since I moved to, to Jersey. And um, yeah, that was a great, great show. I mean, to hear all those old classics again, uh, it was fantastic, especially as the exactly. tour before, was the Book of Souls tour. And I wasn't quite into the album yet. And they played like almost the whole thing. Yeah, I saw that tour too. And they played like six or seven songs. My, my buddy came from England to see them. And he hadn't seen them wow. for years. He's the one that got me into Maiden. Uh, he works his vacation around it. And we got like, we paid like stupid money. We didn't tell our wives how much we paid. For <laughs> and um, Can you tell us what stupid money is? I think we paid about four fifty. All right, yeah. Oh my and, God. Uh, I hope she's not listening. I don't, I don't know. Um, so she scares me sometimes. So, um, <laughs> but, it, but you know, I felt bad. I love, I loved it, but I felt bad for him because he hadn't seen Maiden since we went to see them that, you know, like he wasn't used to this tour or whatever, you know, you yeah. know what I mean? And he didn't know, he didn't know the newer stuff. And, and another buddy came, a neighbor of mine came with, and he'd never seen them before. So that was a tough tour to see, but uh, this is the one he should fly over for and see. But, Yes. Maiden puts on 
because I wasn't that familiar with the Book of Souls album either when I saw them. That wasn't the first time I saw them. But the show is so amazing. Yeah. And I mean, what do I want to say? They don't walk through it. I mean, they are moving. Everyone is moving and grooving and Bruce is covering every inch of that stage. And that's what I love about them. Sometimes when bands get older, they kind of slow down on stage and they kind of, you know, don't give you, they're giving you the 100% that they can give you. But Iron Maiden goes above and beyond that, even at the well, age they are. I have to I have to give one criticism about Maiden shows, and and I love seeing them. I cannot. St- Yannick Gers annoys me with so- the spinning of the guitar. <laughs> just spinning it the way he moves around, and well, you know what? The thing is, it doesn't fit with what Iron Maiden oh. is about. Yeah, Be- because. When you, I was, I was going to bring this up earlier. I was going to ask you guys what you felt about that because I would love to hear um, an isolated track on what he's actually playing in these. They have that. Somebody put one out. Half the time he's in a pose, and he's not even playing. (laughs) And to me, I don't know. That's never sat well with me, and I've always kind of wondered, like, like that just doesn't jive with what I think of, like. Steve Harris and I mean because you say what you will about Iron Maiden if you're if you're someone who doesn't like Iron Maiden who doesn't like heavy metal you know whatever you still have to give these guys props for being great players uh serious songwriters and then to watch his antics on stage it just doesn't fit with the rest of the puzzle it's comical it's comical yeah. it's weird I yeah. made a note. It says Tom hates gears. <laughs> so I just I made that note. Um, uh, yeah. Here's the thing. When Adrian and Bruce came back, I really liked that they kept. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yannick. Cause they could have easy, easily said, sorry, Yannick, Adrian's coming back, but to decide that, Oh, we'll just be three guitars strong. That really, uh, it's like Def Leppard um, waiting for their drummer <laughs> to heal. I mean, it is. Yeah. They, they kind of, yeah. They're, uh, they're they, solid guys that way, so that's cool. And they were the first kind of metal band that did that. That kept their their two guitarists already. Yeah. Brought back another guy and had three guys. Yeah. Which is fine on the albums because you don't see them. You don't see right. them playing. Yeah. But when you're on stage, it's. I mean, how much for one song? How do you break that up for three guys to play a solo or rhythm? Right. Another rhythm, another solo. Yeah. Some doodly doos, you know. Leaders? Yeah. Going back, Pat, Pat, going back to what you said about them on stage, I think also you were saying earlier on, I, I've seen so many concerts over the years, um, you know, so much, seen almost every band I wanted to see. Maiden, and I'm not just saying this because I'm a Maiden fan, they, they do have the most fanatical fans. They and do. I remember going there, even, you know, as soon as the, the opening band is finished and, the, you know, you got maybe half an hour to wait, people are going nuts rushing the stage to go absolutely crazy uh, way before they even come on. And you just, they have got to feed off that energy. You know, they, they, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And that makes a big difference. As and, well. and it's all ages. Like the first time I saw them, there were two girls next to me. They were in their twenties easily. Uh, and they knew every word to every song. And I was just like, how, how did these 20 year old girls get into iron maiden? And it's, um, 
it's wild because there were people of all ages, all ethnicities. I mean, it's really, uh, it's really super diverse crowd. It's not, it's not what you think is a normal heavy metal crowd where it just might be all overweight white dudes with black t-shirts. It's much more than that. <laughs> what? And everyone there seems to be super nice. Although I know you, Pat, you went with an asshole, Tom. You were next oh, yeah. to an asshole. That guy was a fucking. <laughs> that was the. That was the uh, the outlier. <laughs> but other than that, everyone else in the place seemed great. And then that that's one why guy. I stood, that's why I stood out so much. <laughs> that's right. I was the one it's asshole a... amongst eighteen thousand people. He kept asking Just... everyone if they yeah. needed mouth to mouth. He pulled out it's... a dental dam. Yeah. He's it's crazy. <laughs> Um, I don't know if we got everyone's opinion on the darkest hour, but I'm moving on. I'm moving on to death. It's a good of the ballad. It's a good ballad. Good. Okay. Kyle, do you like it? Kyle or Dotson? I, that's one I do uh, actually. Oh. It's, okay. I, I don't, I don't, uh, it's okay. You, I think, it'll, I think it'll grow on me as time goes on. All right. And again, but I don't immediately like it. We're into disc two, which is, a. Which uh, for four of us is a is a rough road, I believe. But for Stephen, he loves it, so we're gonna we're gonna relish in his love for it. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall, uncovering secrets from his past. He learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. And we're going to start with track eight, Death of the Celts. Now, just Celts. the title, I feel like, I, feel like I'm, I have to read a history book to know what's going on here. It's 10 minutes and 28 next. seconds, and here it is, a little bit of it. Here we go. Dead, the burden of love, the break of the bone, a battlefield now, I make it my own, the glory of the morning we make, praying the rose is still awake. Lord above, my spirit says, death is not proud, no more, no less. Power of my soul will be free, deliver us all to victory. Quiver of pain, that's all. start with steven before uh before the uh the other people uh comment comment in possibly the negative steven tell me what you love about death of the celts this is the best song on the album (laughs) (laughs) this i I actually listened to this song three times today right one just put it on repeat listen to it this song is absolutely incredible um the intro if anybody knows any of the main stuff, is a complete ripoff of um, The Klansman, which is yes. also a great, great song. But I was going to say, every time I listen to it, the intro sounds it could familiar, be, and I like couldn't place it. It's like a sister song to it, but it it's even better. I mean, it is just absolutely fantastic. It's got the time changes are great. What I like about this song, if you're familiar with the song The Red and the Black 
from Book of Soul. Mm-hmm. That's a good song. It's a great song, but he's singing so fast. It's so like his words, the lyrics, the singing is so condensed because yeah. he's like trying to fit too many words in. And I feel it's a similar vibe <laughs> to this, except you can it's it's a little slow and you can actually understand what he's saying. Yeah, and yeah. There's parts of it in the middle when it kind of you know just really kicks in. And so I can imagine it being in a movie, like a movie soundtrack. You know, maybe Braveheart, maybe. Braveheart, yeah, but I mean, even something yeah. stupid as like Lord of the Rings or you know, as well, it's got that. And it, I think I like this song, Tom. I don't know if you agree with this. I like this song probably the most because it does have a Lizzie vibe to it. Um, well, it has a Celtic, yeah, it's, it's not Celtic. that Celtic, and it do, you know, and I know they're big Lizzie fans. So, wait, uh, did I is, is it is it then did, I, I said it wrong then, right? I said the title wrong, it's, it's Celtic, De- yeah. Death of the Celts, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm such an idiot, okay. Yeah, she says that in the sea. I know you haven't listened to it because no, this too is a rough one for me. This too is rough. I don't understand how this song. It's got so much. Like the intro alone, I could listen to that intro alone. The bass. uh, It's just incredible that intro. I mean, I looked it up on YouTube, seeing how the hell he does it. Watched a tutorial to see. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, I love every single thing about this song. Um, I can't break it down because the solos are in. You know. It, it the time changes. Is it a bit long? No, I don't think so. Listen, <laughs> to, for me, if Maiden's next album was four discs and one song in each disc of forty-five minutes, I'd be in heaven. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, I'm cool. This song is definitely the best song in the album. I, and if you if you're on the fence of it now, live, this will be amazing. This will get that crowd absolutely bouncing. Stephen, I. Mean, I- I can't speak for everyone, but I, I you've won us all over. I, I believe you have four new friends, and I, I, don't, I can't speak for, for Tom, who's not fun to be with at a concert, or, or Kyle, or Kyle, but uh, I look forward I, I, to I like his opinion. I'm, I'm enthusiastic. You know, what I love, I love, and I... I, I, love, you want to hear. I love your enthusiasm. I, love I do, too. I, I love it, too. Like I've had to defend this album to a lot of people I know that maybe... Yeah. And, <laughs> but that's good. You know, I, I just... That's what you want. But I'm not. I'm not one of these Maiden fans that loves everything they've done. There's, there's definitely. I'm no. not talking about the Blazers. I'm talking about. I didn't like <laughs> dying. I didn't really. Other than the few tracks of Fear of the Dark, I, you know, I didn't. You know, kind of grown out of. I've tried to listen back again, and it just. I just love this new era. I mean, I'm not a big fan of the Diano years. I like the first album, Killers. I never got into, which people think is weird because I'm such a big Maiden fan. Yeah. Um, you know, so I'm not one of these you know, that just loves everything they do because right. it's Maiden. Like someone accused me of saying they could just write the biggest sort of crap and you would love it because it's got Iron Maiden and it's Eddie and all that. And it's, it's got nothing to do with that. Right. It was a plain black cover and, and it didn't have that. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's about the music for me. And there's just something about, you know, Steve Harris's music, him. I love his song specifically. The length of it, doesn't bother me. It, it flies by, absolutely flies by. Well, I love your enthusiasm. <laughs> I, but I don't love this song like the way you do. And it's funny because I usually am a sucker for that, that Celtic sound. I, I mean, not just Thin Lizzy. Like, I love big country. Because mm-hmm. they have, like, kind of, I mean, I know they're Scotland, but they have the whole Celtic kind of bagpipe yeah. thing. I'm, I'm a sucker for that usually. But this one to me, I just, I wrote down to me, it's just, it's monotonous. It just feels like it's the, Na 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 na. To me, it just feels like it's that over and over and over. Yeah, it's a circle. Yeah, yeah. This, you're right. Okay, here comes a lot of thoughts. Oh boy, Stephen's right because 
every part of this is good and interesting. And if that's what you like, if you like that atmospheric, drawn out, not drawn out, that's a mean way to say it, but atmospheric, maybe um, it's almost like a play or like a musical where it's really a lot of stuff has been put into it. A lot of it's thought, like a lot acts, of writing. Acts to it. To the song. Yes, exactly. And that's what this kind of stuff is. This is what Harris's songs are nowadays. I mean, for the last decade or two, maybe. But um, thank you. That took long. Jesus. But um, when back with Blaze Bailey, when they put out Klansman, and that was a good song. And he was a, not a good singer for them in that song. I feel like Steve Harris came back and said, you know what? We're going to have another stab at this. Because they play Klansmen with Bruce in concert, right? Yeah. Great. And everybody loves it. Everybody goes crazy. So I said, you know what? Let's make one for Bruce. We'll do another one, a part two of this, or another try at this. And that's what they try to give him his own Klansman. And it's just, I don't know. I don't like the Blaze Bailey Klansman because it sounds funny with him. But this is just, it's not rehashing, but it's just, when you want Maiden, you want a certain thing. And Steven likes this part of Maiden. Yeah. But a lot of other people want future days of future past guitar and a little less time. Right. And Kyle Dodson, what do you think? I well, I just think it's it seems out of place on this album because it's so like I know Darkest Hour is about Dunkirk, but this is so blatantly death of the Celts on an album called Sinjutsu. <laughs> Yeah, it has yeah. a samurai on the front, so that is that would be my own, like that was the one when I was looking through the like track list initially. I was like, oh, that's weird. Uh, it just stuck out to me, but um, it's okay. Again, this this too is. I think a lot of it stems from the last three are all Harris songs. Mm-hmm. So in my listening, I'm just like, oh, it's it's like one song. <laughs> it's okay. one long thing, and but that's uh, just me. Tom Neuerberg, you're a big sports fan. Is it is the basketball team? Is it the Boston Celtics? That is the Boston Celtics, and I, that's what I was, I was going to say earlier. That's maybe why you mispronounce it because I know you're such a sports nut. I love sports. <laughs> I love it. I, mean, I love. Right now, I, you're probably wondering what's the score of the Celtics game, and then you read this title off and. Let me, the Knicks. let me run it down for you. I love shuffleboard. I love uh, badminton. <laughs> I love croquet. I mean, you can't you can't get me ones. away from yeah. sports. I love it. All right, the next song, track nine, is The Parchment. Now, throughout their career, Iron Maiden always has a song that is the something. And I'm going to run through some of these. Uh, The Prisoner. Awesome. The the Trooper. The Duelists. Uh, Keep going, (laughs) Pat. The Prophecy. The Clairvoyant. Yeah. The Assassin. That's good. The, the fugitive, Celts, the fugitive, yeah, uh, the apparition, the wicker man for crying out loud, the aftermath. I mean, the unbeliever. I mean, there's so many of these. The Klansman, it's uh, it's yeah. crazy, and even the wicker man's two words. I'm just sticking with the the mercenary, other, yeah, the nomad. I mean, it's uh, they always have one. They all and there's a bottom one. of that list. And the that's pilgrim where falls. The legacy, the alchemist. Do you know anything, Stephen, why they do this? It's a bit like ACDC, isn't it? With the rock. <laughs> yeah, with rock. <laughs> rock balls rock. in hell. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's play the next song, uh, the aforementioned 
the parchment. Maybe I'm saying that right. Maybe it's the the parchment. Here we go. The parchment. Muted. No. You're muted, Pat. <laughs> was that on purpose uh, so we don't have to listen to you? No, no, no. I'm, I was. Uh, I okay. think I blew my nose so I or coughed so I muted. Stephen, let's start with you that. first to get some to get <laughs> so some you praise. Get good, you get the praise from me, and then everybody slags it. Um, right. We haven't so, put the work in, Stephen. <laughs> no. This first of all, you cut it off. The part that you played was kind of monotonous. You know, it's the same thing, yeah. right? But there's, it, it breaks off after that, and it just goes crazy, you know, with guitar solos and all that, and it, that's where it really kicks in, and I love that. So this song took me a long time. All right. It goes, it, you know what I mean, it goes crazy. It does yeah, go it gets crazy. crazy. So um, this song reminds me a little bit of Power Slave, and not really in the, in the, in the music <laughs> aspect, but with Power Slave, you know, it has that Egyptian feel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so with Power Slave, you always associate it with, with the Egyptian feel. And they didn't, they used Egyptian rhythms for Power Slave. It's not like he, Steve came up with that sound. He used Egyptian rhythms. He's done the same thing with this. Uh, it's got, it's like a, a, a Greek, uh, I think it's a, based on a Greek thing. And it's like got a, it's, it's got a specific rhythm. And that's how it, Reminds you of Power Slave, not in the sense of it sounds like it. It's just got that feel like that Eastern or whatever, you know. Yeah. Greece. But um, so he's used that kind of thing. And that's what I love about this song. But then also what I like, this guitar solo is all over the place on this on this song. Uh, it goes absolutely frantic. And then it quietens down again at the end with the spoken outro and all that. And yeah, I, I love this song. Again, this is this trilogy of songs uh, that Steve does at the end. Like I said, if this was the end, if there's no other studio maiden album after this, what a way to go. I mean, what, for me, anyway. So, yeah. I, and uh, look, Stephen. This is like 12 minutes or something. Again, it doesn't feel like 12 minutes to me. Stephen, I know that people listening to the episode are going to feel the exact same way as you. So, I'm, I'm, I, I, we don't want you to feel. Uh, Not at all. Not at all. You know what I mean? Your, your opinions are totally valid. No, and, listen, uh, I, I understand why yeah. people might have a problem with it. I have no problem with that. I don't mind if someone, there's plenty of stuff I don't like that other people think is amazing, you know? Right. I, it's fine. That's what. That's the whole beauty of music. True. I have no problem with that, you know? It's, it's nice fun. to hear somebody else's opinion that likes this kind of stuff. If we just had the four of us saying, this stuff is yeah. too long. It sucks. I, and, I don't even think, and I don't even think we're saying it sucks. And I got to be honest, Stephen's no, opinions no, no. are enlightening me to things that I haven't heard yet. And exactly. they're making me want to dig into disc two a little bit more. 
Tom Neuerberg, let's hear about you. I was going to say the same thing. Stephen, what you're saying, it makes me want to go back and listen. And when I got done listening to it the first time, that's not how I felt. I kind of felt like, well, I don't need to listen to that again. So these last two songs, um, um, I, like I said, I was re-listening to this to be to get ready for tonight. So these last two songs, I just listened to them literally an hour before this recording. I was at the gym and I put them on as I was on the treadmill. And I just got to say on this one, how long is this song? 12 minutes? This yeah. is the longest track. It's 12 yeah. minutes, 39 seconds. I think I was probably about eight minutes into it when all of a sudden I realized that I, I don't think I was even listening to it anymore. You know what I mean? I, gotcha. I just, I, I just have it. I didn't, um, it just lost me. And it was almost one of those things where I kind of realized, yeah, I, I was all of a sudden realizing like, oh shit, this song's still playing. And you just tuned out. Yeah, I was tuned out. It was just, it just was not grabbing me. The, um, and, and I'll be full disclosure. I didn't even listen to the rest of it. I probably, hit next at about the nine minute mark. So maybe those last three minutes totally kicked ass and would have changed my mind on it. Probably not. I skipped it. <laughs> well, I did make a note and I, I put uh, Tom brags about the gym was my note. So I have to say, no, I wrote the same uh, thing. About uh, it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kyle Dotson, what do you think of the parchment? Um, so this is the one I was confused with something else earlier. This has like the spoken word. Uh, or not like spoken word, but it's like uh, Bruce Dickinson just like stripped out vocals with like a, a barely any instrumentals behind it. And to me, and I understand that he had throat cancer and all this stuff. To me, it sounds like they used the wrong take for it because it's like it's just like not it's like it's not like it sounds flat kind of or like they put a thing over it or maybe it's because it's buried under something mm -hmm. else so that always sticks out to me but i do like and i do think i i'm like the bridge between tom and steven right now i uh i do think like i do tune out during it but as soon as that like that one part kicks in i'm like right back into it you mean the so, part where it gets crazy yeah yeah, it's yeah. so I like tune I like start listening like tune out and then that part hits I'm like oh okay yeah this is <laughs> we're back at this and uh, for Kyle Hildreth if you could just move your mouth and I'll fill in the words 20 years ago uh, <laughs> and then Iron Maiden it's not quite what I enjoy and I you know when you listen to me I love Iron Maiden 20 years ago <laughs> I love the last like I said they got great stuff but if they make another album that doesn't have the one single guitar playing the notes doo, 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 and playing along with the, the melody, I'd be a happy guy because they do it too much. And that's what kind of draws me away from hearing this. I hear that and I start hearing that kind of the high guitar and then you hear the rhythm in the back playing. And it just, I, I know what that is. I've heard it before. And don't give me another 12 minutes of it. The guitar solos are great. The, the whole album, all the solos are great. I feel like the guys are trying their best, trying to do what they can to make this a rock album, you know, mm. but Steve has decided for a lot of it, it's going to be an atmospheric album. He's going to put keyboards in where, I don't know, do you really want keyboards in these songs? Some of them, yeah, but for the rock ones, no. And those long intros, those long melodies that keep repeating, they just keep dragging me down for this one. Sorry. It's my right. worst on the album. I'm going to go into the final track, Hell on Earth. 
uh, when we come out of this track, Stephen, you're going to have the final word. So we end on a positive note. <laughs> and uh, here we go. Hell on Earth. I keep saying the song times. It doesn't matter. I love a long song. I like fucking meatloaf songs, for God's sake. This is uh, this is Hell on Earth, 11 minutes, 19 seconds. notes let me take take two the liner notes never tell you who's playing the solo and since i don't know the three guitarists well enough i can't i don't know who that is but it's great yeah but that's the whole album the whole album's great with the solos yeah you don't have a bad solo on here that one uh hell on earth has that galloping thing too that i that i that i appreciate and love kyle hildreth let's start you out and that way we'll have (laughs) three people between you and Steven. And <laughs> I think that's a good idea. It'll, yes. it'll be good. It'll be awesome. It'll build. I, it'll build. I'll start with even positive stuff. This <laughs> what one... if Steven says he doesn't like this? <laughs> Hate it. Hate this. I, one. I, I put a big piece of paper over Kyle's face, so I can't see him anymore. <laughs> <laughs> he said like he actually took a Sharpie to the screen. <laughs> he didn't even realize it. Go ahead, Kyle. This one is great because after the parchment, you need something to pick up. And they get the gallop. They get it going again a little more. Is it long? Yes. Is it a lot of the same kind of stuff? Yes. Is there not enough hooks? Yes. Guitars are great. Um, And based on a long song is good or not, I love Phantom of the Opera. And I love Alexander the Great. If it's a song that you like and you like the parts of the song, you're going to like it. If long or not, doesn't matter the time. Like Stephen likes the stuff. That's great because he likes what is in the song. Yeah. but again, it's just, it's long. It doesn't hit the right spots for me. So it is hell on earth. All right. Let's go with Tom Neuerberg. Well, if I remember correctly, this song has a two minute opening. <clears throat> and I'm sorry. This <laughs> does not need a two minute opening. They could have cut that down to 30 seconds. Okay. Or zero. How about zero? So there we, I mean, no, if you want to have an atmospheric opening to an epic galloping song, I get it, but not two minutes. And I think it's two minutes of the same thing. All right. Yeah. It doesn't even like kind of speed up. It's just, just two minutes of this atmospheric. I don't even remember. But I all I know is I look down at my my Spotify and I'm like, holy shit, this has gone two minutes and nothing's happened yet. Wow. So you chop that down to 30 seconds. So now you've now you've eliminated a minute thirty off of this song, which to me makes it better. Uh, I did like the song, 
too long. Now, I can't remember if this thing has a real long outro on it, too. I, I, I don't remember, to be honest with you. Uh, yes, it does. But it's just, it's just, it doesn't, okay. <laughs> to me, I mean, th th it almost becomes, it, that almost just becomes a little just excessive, you know, and, and it's almost, um, oh God, what's the word I'm looking Self -indulgent? for? Self-indulgent? Self-indulgent. Yes. There you go. Yes. It, it, at, at, at some point it's like, okay, are you guys doing this just to see if we'll put up with it? <laughs> or do you really think it's helping the song? You know what I mean? It's like he's stuck in a rut. This is what he knows. This is what he's going to do. And he can't get away with not doing it on a song sometimes. So does he so, do it because he loves it? I think so. Yeah. I think he so. I just, Jesus. I just can't see, I can't picture these guys sitting in the studio, recording this album, <laughs> mixing it, whatever. And, and thinking, you know, at, at the 32nd mark, no, we need another minute and a half of this before we kick it in. But they it must just, all they they must all be on the same page, pretty much. I, I, yeah, I know. I guess, and it, to me, it just does it just doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. And so I, I can't I can't justify it. I don't I don't see how they can justify that. It's almost like they're 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 making you sit through this to get you know. It's almost like you know you can't have your pudding until you eat your meat. <laughs> you know. Um, let, how can you have your meat if you don't eat your pudding? Exactly. So let's let's chop that opening down to about thirty seconds, and right there, that would make it a better song, in my opinion. Sometimes I think when there's so much time between albums, like five or six years, that they bands get in there and they just want to give you maybe not a ton of songs, but they want to give you a ton of music. I don't know. I know but it's not a ton of music. It's, it's two minutes of the same thing. That's what, that's what I'm saying. If it's it, rep if it, repetitive. Yeah. If it fluctuated, if it sped up, if there was a crescendo, then, mm. then I get it, but it, it didn't, it was two minutes of la la gotcha. la, 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 la. It's, it's like, like classical okay, yeah. enough's enough. Get to the song, you know, maybe at this point in his career, Steve Harris is more of a, a composer than a, uh, writing a rock song. Kyle Dotson. What do you think? Um, no, I like this one. This is definitely my favorite on, that second disc uh, for sure. And I almost feel like if it were, I, I think it's a great song to end on. I feel like if it were in the middle of some of these, of these other three songs somewhere, I think I might like the other songs be better, but given what Steven says, I'm going to, I'm going to give it a fair listen, but right. overall I like this album. I still like this album better than book of souls for sure. But again, with Steven, I think I'm going to, like, I've shelved it for a while now. Maybe I should pull it back out and see if I like it better. Yeah, pull Book of Souls back out. You're all going to be cursing me afterwards when you try. <laughs> no. I'm going to be no, cursing no. you at all. Steven, Steven, you've already been invited back to talk Lizzie. Right. I'm, I'm up for that. That's I'm something that, that only Tom Neuerberg has ever been allowed to do. Well, Tom's got to do it with me. I mean, but okay, um, well, Stephen, you don't call the shots on cool. the show. <laughs> oh, no, no, it's, I'm going down pretty well today. So we uh, will have Tom. <laughs> we will have Tom on when we do that. We'll all pick one album, and we'll do track by track of of all three albums in one show. Uh, it's a dream. That'd be fun. And we'll dream. do it chronologically. So, whatever albums we pick, that's how we'll do it. I've got um, tons of stories, so we'll be good. Be a long show. And uh, before you tell us about Hell on Earth, Stephen. Did you purchase the most recent big um, Thin Lizzy box set? Uh, no. Okay. I will. Okay. I All right. 
because I did. It's it's great. Yeah. All right. Stephen Kirsch, final words on Senjutsu and Hell on Earth. Okay. This song is probably my second favorite song on the album. Uh, it, it does flip-flop between Death of the Celts and this. But this one took me longer to get into, probably for the reasons um, that Tom had said. But now the intro, I love that two-minute intro. Like, that really just fills in. It's not long enough. I mean, not that it's not long enough. It's it's perfect for me. It it, it, it just, I put it on, I crank it up. If you listen to it on Spotify, you're not exactly getting the atmosphere of the song. I listen to it, I've got my AirPods in, I'm walking my dogs, I can't hear anything. My dogs could be attacking another dog and I'm going to be <laughs> listening to, you know, to this. Um, I, it just, the song, I just fall into the song. And then it just kicks into the, to you know, the fast part, it gets after the intro. Uh, I love the part where it's, um, you know, Lost in Anger, where he starts screaming Lost in Anger, um, and life in danger. It just, it gives me goosebumps. And the, the lyrics of this song, it's really about what state uh, the, country, the the world is in right now. That's really what it's about. It's his views on basically what a mess everything is right now. And um, it's actually, you know, pretty deep lyrics if you, if you really read them. Um, and again, we've said this all along that the, the musicianship is incredible. You know, Absolutely. Uh, the length of the song, it goes by quickly for me. I think it's incredible that the outro, uh, you know, if again, I've said it before, if this is uh, it's like the walking off in the distance uh, and this is the end of Maiden, you know, and if it just fades out, the song just nicely fades out. It's not like a, a big ending. It just slowly fades out. Uh, and I just think it's a, just a great way. I think Steve Harris knows. I think this is the last original Maiden that we're going to get. I really, really think so. Yeah, I do, because they take so long. The, if they're going to tour this again, I mean, they've got to be, what are they, in the 60s now? Doing their yeah. 60s. Well, I just don't think they can keep doing it. I think they want to do other things. I'd be very surprised if they bring them. And I think that's why they made this so long and got so much out yeah. there. They also, they they ripped this off from another one of their songs. I don't know if you ever know, but when, what? when the Wind Blows from Final Frontier, that intro mm -hmm. is very much like, uh, but this is a better version of it. And um, yeah, it, this song is just mind blowing to me. I this is another song. If I'm just in the car for a little while, I'm going to put that one on. And I flip between Death of the Celts and this one as my favorite from from these two. So that second disc, you know, wrapping up the whole album. Then yeah, I love the first disc. You know, there's definitely great parts to it, and it's it's great. But those last four songs, and specifically the last three songs by Steve, are as good as anything Maiden have ever done. Wow. Before. For All me. right. Me. Thank yeah. you. Thank you, Stephen. All right, let's let's uh, let's wrap it up here. I'm going to start with Tom. Tom, where can we find you on social media? Um, well, obviously on Facebook, Tom Neuerberg, N E U E R B U R G. On Twitter and Instagram, the the name I use is Pulp Tom, P U L P T O M. All right, and uh, and uh, I know you from Instagram because I don't like any of the stuff. Yes. Okay. Um, and Tom, you accept new friends and everything. People that listen to the show, you're all. Oh yeah. Any if I see that as someone that's related to Rock Solid, then oh yeah, I, I will accept you. Cool. And I will give them mouth to mouth. <laughs> Not Kyle true. Hildreth. I friended you, and you didn't accept me. <laughs> well, maybe I didn't. Maybe I didn't know who you were then. Yeah, no, that, I'm just kidding. It was after hearing your Lizzie stuff because obviously with the Lizzie connection, I'm like, let's oh, do it again. Friend him again. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Kyle Hildreth. First of all. Yes. You did, you put together some amazing artwork 
for this episode. You did it very quickly and it's Thank amazing. You. Now, all of our names are not on this artwork and that's, that's true. cool because when I uh, tweet about it, I will loop everyone in on it. But I just want okay. to thank you for all the thank artwork you. you've done and for doing Anytime. this so quickly. Kyle, where can we find you on internet and the socials? In this Probably stuff? best on uh, Instagram. Uh, I don't like Twitter. I'm on Facebook, but not enough. If you want to see what I do, Instagram, O-V-E-R-K-Y-L-A-R-T, Overkill Art. And um, yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, Kyle Dotson, I can't stop getting emails of people telling me that they miss you on the show. So definitely, hopefully, sometime they should stop after my appearance here. (laughs) Hopefully, sometime when I'm in my early 70s, you'll be back in California and uh, and back on the show regularly. Where can we find you on the socials? I'm at Kyle Dotson Funny, I think, on everything. So, all right. And, uh, and the only problem with that is that last word. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Stephen Kirsch, let me tell you something. I don't think a more perfect person could have responded to my Twitter and joined us in the show today because I think you really shined quite a light on this album. You opened our eyes and ears to things we weren't hearing. And I appreciate everything you did today. And, uh, and thank you so much. No, thank you. I, I, I was very nervous coming on to do this. So no. th- thank you. I, I appreciate it. It's been great fun, really. And where can we find you on, uh, on social media? I'm just on Facebook. It's just my name. You know, it's You're just on Twitter, uh, though, too. I, I don't really post on Twitter. I really follow uh, my soccer team and bands, you know, for like updates and stuff. Okay. Uh, Facebook, it's really just stupid memes and gifts and dogs. <laughs> I've, got, I've got three dogs, so there's a lot of dog pictures on there. All right. Uh, so, you know. Well, do me a favor. When I do tweet about this episode, if you can respond to the tweet and show us some of these pictures of your jacket and all the stuff you were talking about yeah, throughout sure. the, the night, people will love to see it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Also, we are at Rock Solid Show uh, and we are at uh, rocksolidpodcast.com and to support us through patreon it's patreon.com forward slash rocksolidpodcast everyone who listened today if you actually listened on christmas day you what are you really doing don't like anyone in your household <laughs> um, but uh but i like to throw a, a bonus episode down on christmas or or whenever so i really appreciated you guys joining me tonight and for the playout song i'm gonna go with a classic It's on the most recent Iron Maiden live album, Night of the Dead, colon, live in Mexico City. And everybody, please enjoy The Trooper. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you, Kyle. And thank you, Stephen. Here's The Trooper.
around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.